0: Good evening. I'm Rafael Martinez. This will end in darkness. How's your week been? I can tell you how my week's been. New York has just recently lifted the mandates on most things. So as we said last week, it's time to go outside. And what a perfect time to go outside. Let's take a look at what's happening out there. Homelessness is sky high. Crime is on the rise. We have a mayor we despise. Pills are the new crap. And as of today, we found out we have a trans serial killer. Now, not as in this person kills trans people, as in this person is a dude who identifies as a woman and killed two of her girlfriends. And you're probably thinking to yourself, that's a tragedy and it is it's a huge tragedy he disposed of their body parts in different garbage cans he really didn't have a plot that was unfortunate but we got two out of it it's a good news story because how I view it is granted a tragedy and I need to be careful here this is a step forward for social justice our serial killers matter I mean, yes. Now, hold on, because I sense you want to turn this video off. Don't you dare stop it. I'm not wrong. Two things can be right at the same time. Tragedy, bad, horrible, gruesome even. But, but, a win for social justice. You're probably saying, Ralph, that sounds like a fictional city. It sounds like that city needs a vigilante. <laughs> no, it is not fictional. It's New York 77 part two. Part two coming for 22. All we need is a blackout in the summer and we'll have a new genre of music. And what a perfect time to go outside. So, we could go out there and fight against all that negativity and see the uplifting movie, The Batman. I'm parched. I need some of that liquid death water. Mmm. Listen, I'm gonna keep promoting this water until they sponsor me. And I've been doing it for weeks. And I'm doing it pretty well. I actually enjoy the water. I'm buying the water. It's $15 a case. And I just want them to acknowledge me. And the hard work I'm doing. Because this is a lot. It's costing a lot of money, man. Just acknowledge me. Okay? Just acknowledge me. This is how supervillains are created. With that being said, yes, I did enjoy seeing the Batman. It was a fantastic movie. And I wanted to have a discussion about the Batman. And I thought the only person I could talk to is my favorite government spook, who is totally currently not stationed in the Ukraine. He is not outside the city of Kiev, Mm -hmm. even though he will be able to tell us how to pronounce it. Mm -hmm. He is not Mm -hmm. there. He is not mm-hmm. there at all. Mm-mm. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the revolution.
1: Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for inviting me yet again to the greatest podcast in all of lore Gossip.
0: That is true. This is true. I, I cannot deny these facts. I cannot deny these
1: facts. Yeah. 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 For sure. Listen. Yeah. Go, go ahead, bro. Because I'm excited about this. Like, first of all, you're hitting all my spots. Okay. <laughs> you about to blow my walls out—the sugar walls of <laughs> my nerd sugar walls—are getting ready to get blown out. <laughs> you hitting the spot. Okay. You been talk about New York seventy-seven. The next year I was born, right? Yeah. And the aftermath in New York City. Like I, I remember, all jokes aside, I remember being a kid, and, and I'll never forget. Uh, we were in Manhattan, we were walking. I don't know why we were down there, and this was like '86, right? So I was, I was about eight, and you know they still had the hookers out. Like it's not, it's it's not Times Square that everybody knows now, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was walking on like vials of crack. You know what I mean? Like dispense vials of people using crack and, and like it was and I'm not just saying that to like scare people like New York was that city you know and the bubbling the crackling the the it wasn't the hint of danger like it was there right and I felt all jokes aside I honestly felt safer there because there was a cold on the street
2: mm-hmm.
1: right like you don't mess with women you don't mess with kids <laughs> you know th- those were the rules you yeah. know 100%. Cops didn't worry about you. You know, like there were no just no wanting kids out playing and getting shot by cops. Not back then. No. Not back then. You know what I mean? And it was just crackling. And and to to juxtapose what's happening right now with that serial killer, like my mother always says, I can't make this shit up. The best stories are the true ones. Yeah. And it's
0: you funny. know, like, I... and, we always talk about on this show, let's have the conversations we can't have when the sun is up. And that's just what it's all about. Like, there are things that are happening in real reality all the time that are ridiculous. And it, it kind of paints this picture. Like, we think of the human race so, is, so advanced. Look at our buildings. Look at, the, look at our governments. Look at our, you know, financial achievements, our art. But sometimes we're just really dumb animals that do really dumb shit. It's humbling.
1: Seriously. Seriously. But, like, it's so much. Like I said, man, we got so much ground to cover on today's episode. And thank you for inviting me. Like, we're talking to Batman. And we need to jump into this right now. Like,
0: Like, if you haven't seen the movie, this is uh, not your episode. If you haven't seen the movie, you need to go and see the movie. This is an episode that gets better after you've done something else. There's a prerequisite here. So, you know, I've given you free episodes. Go see the Batman. That's the least you can do for this episode, right? I'm not wrong. It's fair. So go see the Batman so you can enjoy this conversation about the Batman between me and the revolution. Now, Ray, let's start with, I guess, let's give people an idea of what it is we're looking from a Batman movie. And since you are the guest, I will allow you to go first.
1: Ask the question one more time. So I because it there's so many moving parts to this. I, I want to okay. g- give me a, a, ask it one more time, please. I'm
0: gonna ask it one more like time. I'm time. Do, like I'm on Jeopardy do,
1: do, do, do. <laughs> or some shit. Like I'm on Jeopardy on the spelling bee. Can you can you can you put it into a sentence?
0: I li- I like that. I like that. The revolution. What do you look for in a Batman movie? Okay. So I. I I love
1: off-top, right? Mm-hmm. I love the very origins of Batman and its pulp days, right? Yeah. As a pulp uh hero, right? Like what most people don't understand uh the characters that were already out around that time. Like uh the adventures uh in the pulp universe. Uh and the biggest, I would say probably at that time would be the Phantom. Mhm. Right, a precursor to Batman, and a precursor as crazy as it sounds, um, uh, the Black Panther. Yeah, right. He's yeah. his he's this white guy in the jungles <laughs> of Africa who was gifted these these mystical powers. Like it's it's really funny, right? But he has his mask. He you know he's really awesome. And so they really were like, hey, how can we take the Phantom mm-hmm. and put him into the jungle, the concrete jungle? <laughs> of New York City, yeah. right? And they kind of use uh, Mandrake the Magician, Tarzan as another Pulp Hero reference that they use. If you know these characters, uh-huh. you see all the little nuance that, that ends up becoming Batman. And one nerd
0: fact so, is they had a cartoon together known as Defenders of the Earth that Stan Lee wrote the theme for.
1: Wow, see? Look at this. Look at this. This is why, let me say this real quick. This is why you sons of bitches need to subscribe, And follow, this will end in darkness. Every single episode is
0: chock full of needless, nerdy knowledge. Do you hear me? Let me tell you, I've told everyone, you gotta watch this show. I'm talking conspiracies. I'm talking real government fucked up shit. And I'm also throwing in some nice fantasy stuff, so you can also get that off, too. Here's some comic book knowledge. Here's some video game knowledge. I'll talk about a movie. But you're gonna have to sit down and realize there's other shit going on too.
1: Listen, you heard him. He's filling up all three holes with cream. Okay? Uh-huh. He's turning you into a into a pop culture twinkie. Damn. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> everybody loves a twinkie. Oh, everybody loves an oblong object filled with cream jammed into
0: their gob hole. Exactly.
1: We all love it. So, Batman, right? So, again, to go back to what we were talking about, me as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. As a child in uh, mid-80s New York, right? And and feeling like at any given time something was going to happen. And at any given time, I needed somebody to say that Gotham is probably the biggest character yes. of any Batman story. And if he's not, it's wrong, mm-hmm. It's wrong. If you do not establish Gotham up top, your Batman story is wrong. Case in point, look at the um, Schumacher films. Yes, Gotham was not a character. No, it was a set piece. It was a set piece. Mm -hmm. And those films were not received well. Right? Mm -hmm. All the Schumacher films. When you look at what your man did very early on up top, with uh the Bat- with with Batman, 1989 Batman, right? And how he set it up. And y- do you know, like, he set out to actually make a spoof of 66 Batman starring Bill Murray. Do you know that? No.
0: I, oh, no, actually, no, yes. I did know Bill Murray was in contention for a version of Batman, yes. I didn't know it was like a spoof yeah. of 66, though. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, like, he was gonna play... Bill Murray was gonna be an Adam yeah. West take on Batman. Bill Murray actually got paid for that. Two people got paid for yes. Batman. Uh that so Bill Murray got paid and um uh what's his name? Uh black guy. Uh oh, hey nice. baby. No, no 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 not Marlon, but that ha- that ends up happening too. Yeah. That ends up happening too. Uh Billy Billy come on man. Oh
2: shit.
1: Sexy sexy guy from the seventies. Uh
2: there's a lot the, of sexy guys. Say
1: say? That, Empire strikes back, motherfucker Oh, uh, uh, you know, Billy D. Billy, Billy D Williams, right? Damn, Billy D, D got paid to be, he got paid all the way until Two-Face actually showed up. He's the man. He right? got paid for that. He's the man. He, he's the man, right? So, so they were going to do that. He actually read The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. right? And he went to Warner's. Um, why am I just saying he, like, you, you know what I mean? Uh, what's the director's name? What's that? Were those um, names.
0: Burton, you got Burton directing yeah, John Burton. Peters um, producing it and I think right. David so, Hamm wrote it.
1: Right. So Burton goes in and he says, he scraps the whole project. He says, I want to make this movie. Yeah. And they're like, no, we can't do that. Like, he's like, no, this is what I want to make. So he made a concession and that's why we got that super dark, yeah, literally, that super dark Batman in 89 because he was so influenced by The Dark Knight Returns John and the Peters grittiness him, of
0: it. John Peters wanted the Batman. When he says, I'm the Batman, he wanted him to say, I'm the Batman motherfucker. That's what John Peters originally wanted. And he kept telling Tim, Tim, if he says motherfucker, it's like, it's the Batman motherfucker. Like, that's a legendary thing. But I think it turned out all right, though. I think I, I could have gone yeah. the other line because motherfucker would have been a little interesting. But I am the Batman it's totally fine.
1: Yeah, I think uh, sometimes when we go back and we look at the passions yeah. of like AFI's greatest um, quotes, movie quotes. Yeah. And when you look at them, like to this day, no, Luke, I am your father. You know, like, like sometimes it, some things are just perfect. You know, yeah. I don't have what she's having, <laughs> you know, like there's <laughs> so
0: certainly good. So,
1: good. so good. You know what I mean? Like that, those those lines are so great. The simplest ones. And it could have, like you said, it could have been, you know, we. it's kind of like, I'm Rick James, motherfucker. Yeah. And look, no, I'm Rick James, bitch. I'm Rick James, bitch. And and that lives, yeah. right? But uh, I'm Batman. Like, that's way more iconic, you know? So, so you guys, I would want...
0: So I agree with you totally on a, a Gotham. So we're both there Gotham. on Gotham. Gotham's got to be Gotham. a character. Gotham has to feel real. There's moments in the Batman we'll talk about later, like that feel like a real city, and yeah, that it has to. I have to be able to touch that city.
1: Yeah, and, and that is a. And let me say this right: it, it has to be alive, and I don't mean like alive with the citizens, but like you feel like this city is sentient. Oh, that's the word. Yes. The city is sentient, and I'm gonna tell you where they failed, where the DCEU failed at. In Birds of Prey, that wasn't Gotham.
0: Fair, that was more San Francisco.
1: It was it was very West Coast. I don't know where it was West Coast That's as fuck. Like. You know what I mean? It felt like That's Poole's what it West felt Coast. like. It did. It felt like Michael Bay's West Coast. So yeah. definitely start up top there. And then the next thing that happened, I literally, I'm not joking when I say this. Mm-hmm. I'm not joking when I say this. Please, this is not this, this is not one of my sticks. This is not one of my bits. It's not a bit. I got very emotional when the gcpd was the gc motherfucking pd in the opening
2: yeah they
1: were were, listen man they were i felt them and i believed them up top and they really we're always arguing you know um about who has the worst police right and i always say it's, it's between boston New York and Chicago. Yeah. I'm like, they're like <laughs> right, you, you all can talk about wherever you're from, the heavyweight champs of gritty, corrupted, <laughs> beat you in the face fucking police units, Boston, New York, yeah. Chicago. And 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 they can have a, a, it's uh, a it's three man uh three of Blue Trinity. Yeah, for real. It's still and the GCPD felt like that they felt real like i was like oh i know those people yeah i know them
0: especially and that the they captain,
1: were centralized the captain oh had especially that
0: really thick italian accent i was like no that accent i know that accent i've heard that accent it's like and that guy it was it
1: was i've seen like, that guy yeah. yeah i've seen him i've heard him i know him yeah right so then up top i'm going to tell you I believed it. I believed the city. I believed the GCPD. I believed it. Yeah. Right? I believed it. And I'm going to tell you what the next thing that happened, right? Because even though it opened up someplace else, I want to get to that, right? But you said a Batman movie. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you something. What made this Batman movie is when he actually shows up and he's walking in, right? And they're looking at him like, are you fucking kidding me? Look at this guy. Like, you can't be serious. Like, I believe that they are like, this is the dumbest shit. This is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. A guy in this costume comes and they like, what is going on? And now I'm like, okay. Yeah. I yeah. believe it. Batman is now real.
0: Yeah. Because what's great about Batman it is, is is he, real. Batman even feels embarrassed to be there. Yeah. Like, he even oh. feels like I'm super embarrassed to be here. Like, I, I, I'm I in this suit, I kind of look ridiculous, but I am the smartest man in the room, so I have to make sure every move I make lets them know I'm legit, you know? Like, between looking at the clues and stuff like that, or, you know, kind of getting in the way because he's actually investigating. Like, oh, no, I'm here to do a job. Like, I'm, I know I look fucking weird, but I actually know what I'm doing. And you kind of see, you know, how that plays out with the GCPD over time. So, yes, I think that moment was perfect. I, you're right. I it was so. perfect.
1: It was absolutely perfect, right? And so a Batman movie, that's how it has to have. It, has to have it. We have to establish, and, and again, the three things that I feel in the we have to establish Gotham, we have to establish the human element yep. of the story. Yeah. And to me, the human element of the story definitely starts with the GCPD of this story, right? Definitely. And then we introduce the Batman.
0: Yeah.
1: with the world? Who's involved? And how does this man interject himself and move through that world? Yeah. And it happened flaw... It happened... Just that, that happened flawlessly. And then when you juxtapose what we saw the actual beginning of the film, and can, can I take a moment to say this, sir?
0: Definitely.
1: That the references to the counterculture, the 70s, the late 60s, 70s counterculture film movement were brilliant. And to the first reference we see, I thought it was a, an homage to Halloween.
2: yeah, To
1: John Carpenter's Halloween, man. Like the shape. I really think that the Rittler embodied the shape.
0: That's so good. And I think, because a lot of time in these movies, because they think it's the colors, they think it's the over-the-topness that makes it a comic book movie. What makes it a comic book movie to me is, is it an artistic shot? Like, is there actual art going on? Like, could this have been drawn on a panel? And every, in every... Um, part of this movie. And I didn't guess that's what I'm looking for in a Batman movie. Like I'm looking for someone who's taking the comic book form and doing their best to implement it on screen. Like the way um, the Wachowskis did with speed racer in anime. Like I want someone who takes the medium super seriously in a way to try to do their best to portray that on screen. And I think Matt Reeves has done that. I think Nolan refused to do it, but in Batman Begins, he was kind of forced to in certain ways. Burton did that for the most part Schumacher just fell in love with kind of the the, the Dutch tilt, the old Adam West Batman, so I think only yeah. Burton and Matt Reeves have so far been the guys delivered that key component for me, I want every shot to feel like it's actually a drawn panel
1: oh absolutely, and and especially when you look at um, I don't know how how soon you want to jump into this but as soon as you realize the comic book references. So like Matt Reeves, like he brought his film references and then he, you know, um, amalgamized them with his comic book references. And for me, there were so many happening, but let's say that it it clearly is year two. Yeah. um, And there's a year two book, but there are no elements from the year two at all. So everything, all the...
0: I think what we're both looking for in that respect is knowledge of the source material, knowledge of the history, yeah. take those components and make it into a world. And yeah. on top of trying to make Gotham real. And I think, I guess the, the last thing, I the last two things I think I'm looking for, and they're both kind of married together, actually, in a bad movie, is score and a villain uh, I could be terrified of.
1: Those two go uh, together for me. I need both of uh, those as well. It, listen. And we got both of them. Mm-hmm. that the score, I was ready to leave there and go purchase it. Like, I was like, yeah. I want a complete master art. Like, I want it on CD. I want it, I want something physical. I want to put it into my system, my surround. I want to, like, like Worf used to do it on the Defiant yeah. and playing his Klingon operas at full volume. Like, I want to see that that score was. A character it, it, yeah. I, I haven't had a score hit me like that since probably Jaws mm, right like since and I, like I'm not saying that there aren't scores that weren't brilliant and perfect for the movie but I'm talking about when that 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 chord hits it's it's a character it's it's a part of this piece it's a part of this theme work you know, and it was just dude, you hit the nail on the head. It that score was brilliant. It was it was brilliant. It was brilliant.
0: Yeah. And then I guess we both agree, great villain that we can be terrified of. You know, just like someone who I actually worried a Batman might not be able to defeat. And I think we got that in spades in this movie.
1: No, we did. Like again, again, right? An absolute again. When that moment when we open. With the Riddler and a uh, generic white politician, rich man's house yeah. and um he's standing back there, and that this guy and there's so much happening there, right? this guy is unaware that somebody's in his presence, that's how uh, uh self-absorbed he is that he can't even feel the presence of this of this person there, right, and he's absorbing every moment of he's loving it. Riddler is loving it and I'm I am terrified. Yeah. And I'm I mean,
0: terrified. It also helps that like we can get into this section now about like Gotham as a character and backdrop. Like that Riddler's only strong because that Gotham feels real. You know what I mean? Like the like the people even on the background feel real. Like that there's a shot yeah. where um in the beginning of the film there's someone robbing a grocery store for a green mask on. That, I, I, I turned to Christina going, that could be Marcy Avenue in Brooklyn. Like, I, yeah. I, I looked at him and I know that spot. I know where under the subway. I know it. You know? And that, it felt that real for me. And I think it helped with the second part of that sequence where we get Bruce talking about fear as a tool. You know? And we'll jump more into that with, you know, Robin Pattinson's analysis of it. But the idea that he uses Gotham not just as, because it's real it can now also be used as a weapon. I can't be everywhere, but if the signal's up and people are surrounded by the darker part of the city, it kind of does half the job for me. I won't get to it, but I'm using the city to my benefit. And that's a very um, quarter vowels kind of thing. I think post quarter vowels, he kind of develops that idea that I have to use Gotham as a weapon. I think even Damian Wayne does it, you know, as in in a possible future. You know, using Gotham as a weapon helps it feel like, oh, this is tangible. Like how New Jack City made the city feel like it's tangible. Ah,
1: uh, yeah, bro. You damn, look at the Carter good.
0: building, right? The Carter building was supposed to be a place where black people can live and be, you know, as profitable as they can be. Go to work, send their kids to school, try to live an actual life. But you, because we see it a little bit before then, when it transforms into the Carter Carter. You actually get a physical sense of, oh, no, I've seen what this is. Like, yeah. it's terrible, and it's tangible. And I think that's what Matt Reeves does so well with Gotham in this movie. From Jump, you see what a normal Halloween night is with a bunch of people happy. They're dressed up. They're ready to go out. Then there's this other part of the city where it's like it's not doing so well. And you have the guys spray painting the bank and stuff like that. Like, I think even with the Joker gang, right? Like, um, cause you see these guys with their face painted and stuff like that. I was watching an interview with Matt Reeves and people were, this guy was listing all the Batman directors and he left out Joel Schumacher and Matt Reeves went, well, we can't forget about Joel. We can't forget about Joel. And that stuck out to me. And then I thought about the Joker gang in the train station sequence and the thugs in Batman and Robin with the face painted. And it went, Wow. Like, this dude thought about Joel when no one else would have thought about Joel. And I think that made Matt Reeves not only just knowledgeable, but you want him to win even more. Because you're like, that's a cool reference, dude. And it also makes Gotham a bit more real. He took took a very cartoony concept and made it real with his interpretation, where it's not neon, it's just regular paint. And I was fascinated by that.
1: Yeah, and... and I want to go a step further uh, with that reference for a lot of people that don't know. um, I'm a huge Batman beyond fan, huge Batman beyond. And so the Jokers was a street gang in Batman beyond. Yeah. And they had the white paint. They looked very uh, identical to that. And at that same time that was being developed and, so I think that having that there, whether uh, the reference started with Schumacher, the you know, like it's all Gotham, like this yeah. is all in this universe, right? And then and as a director and as a professional, right, as a professional, I don't want someone to forget me if they don't like my work in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. Like, listen, without his work, we're not here. Like, if they... What if you know he still made some of the most profitable Batman films? Oh, no. yeah. You know he made he made yeah. one of the most profitable ones. Yeah. You know, so um, he the guy is just like a, the game. He's like he's the triple H <laughs> of filmmaker man. Like seriously, like you might not know that you're watching greatness at that moment. Like you and I, are, we're a huge Matt Reeves fans, yeah. right? You and I. Love Matt Reeves, and oh, we man. we love what he did with the Planet franchise, the Planet of the Apes franchise, yeah. the Apes, and like, and we were like, "What is going on?" Right, and we were so excited. You know, I've been tweeting, you've been tweeting for years now. This is, you know, when when did Matt Reeves get announced? When did this get announced?
0: Honestly, I
1: it, 20... it was
0: like a whirlwind because they just dropped it out of nowhere. I'm like, "Oh, there's another Batman movie coming," and by the time they announced it, we had our first picture of it. And I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> like they're moving pretty fast with this one. I, I can't even remember. But like, if anything, I would say 2018, maybe. I was thinking 17. Mm, okay.
1: I was thinking 17, eight, somewhere around there, right? And I remember us talking like, no, this franchise is in great hands. Like nobody else in in our circle, right? Okay. Like you know, in the in the in the sphere, like we were the only ones that were like, no. This is good for be a man. Matt Reeves, in charge? Oh. Yes, See, so we, were, we were
0: CGI monkeys, dude. That man can do yeah. whatever he wants.
1: He can do whatever he wants. And hit him and Andy mm-hmm. together. You know, uh, oh man, he just painted a world, man. Now, and I mean, and I
0: say this before I don't I don't want to leave Andy and Matt at this moment. because I want to say this and, this, and this is a take. All right. Okay. They are as important to film as Scorsese and De Niro. Oh yeah! Right now, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I don't I, see people giving them it, their flowers. I don't see people ever giving them their flowers. Andy Circus keeps getting shaded on because of the mocap suit. It's like nah, dude, respect the game. He's putting real performances into it, and into, he, he's doing a lot more live action stuff to prove it. Now I think it's like nah, I'm gonna show you. I've been doing this for years.
1: Oh yeah, and that like I, again, like if we if we go out of a, into another universe, like listen, if you didn't think his Claw performance in mm. the Black Panther emotion. like he 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 stole every scene he was in. Definitely. He stole, it. and he's a brilliant actor. And I and I think that like he has very subtle performance. Like listen, listen, Caesar, the performance of Caesar, stop it, stop it, man. Like he he every time he gets nominated, he should win. The guy is the De Niro of CGI food work and, and just screen stuff. And I think that you're, oh man, I think you're right. That's not even a take. <laughs> if you're legitimately dialed in as a cinephile or even and you can't be a casual because the casuals no. are going to be the ones that, yeah, oh, that's, you know, it's they, 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 they read somebody blog, Yeah. And they think they know about film and they have no idea that even Scorsese wasn't even the man. And, and when he was releasing some of his best work, Damn right. like they didn't even appreciate him. So this isn't a tape, bro. Like, people have such revisionist history. People always think that Led Zeppelin were these adored rock gods. They weren't. Yeah. The critics thought they were derivatives and trash. They thought Led Zeppelin was trash. <laughs> they they didn't get scurrously. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, in your time, like, you're not – Muhammad Ali mm. was never seen as, as great as he said he was.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
1: always you you you're always loved later. So go ahead, sir. That's not that's not as hot of a take. I think that that is actually well well informed, and I think that's a smart take. I think that is bold and courageous to actually say it in the in a climate where anything that's not in that 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 echo chamber that zeitgeist of social media, whenever you're doing something new and something fresh it's always going to have pushback and, oh, you stupid Puerto Rican who oh, wants to listen to you and go back to your island. They, they, <laughs> they wouldn't be wrong. They wouldn't be
0: wrong. They would not be wrong. <laughs> all right, hit me. Where are we going next? So here's, let's, let's, hey, there's Gotham, but then there's another person in this movie. It's called the Batman. All right? Yeah. first thing I want to talk about is there's two things about introducing Batman that are always key. I think the opening of the like the opening title, which we rarely with Nolan movies, you had to wait till the end to get them, or the Tim Burton ones, you got them early. Schumacher. Now with the Batman, you got a, at least an opening title. The opening title to this one, big bold letters, instantly reminds me of Joker, and I'm like, okay, so Matt Reeves has been paying attention. Like, oh, Todd Phillips yeah. did that. Oh, I'm a I'm a mirror that a little bit. I am doing an origin story, kind of. Not necessarily, but I am doing a movie that is about the same things you're talking about. It's the same kind of Gotham, but this is going to be an antithesis to that. Like, you don't join the Joker. You actually look for symbols of hope. And then there's the moment where Robert Pattinson enters. Beautiful thing about it is, it's, it's still... He knows he's going to win the fight. He knows it's going to be tough. But he knows he's going to win. And he's just at the point where he's just like, I don't have to freak out. I own the moment. I am fear. He, that that brings out a level of control that I don't think we've seen in other Batman. I think Ben Affleck was more of an animal, which I appreciate and liked, you know, You get the Tim Burton and Schumachers. They swoop in all the time. Nolan just kind of pops up out of nowhere. He's just the shadow for the most part. You know, he pops up randomly. He's a specter. But this Batman is super focused. And I don't think we've ever seen a Batman this focused on an actual fight before. Like all the other Batmans seem to have a good idea of what they can and cannot do. This dude is already analyzing the fight going in, and he just masters fear. I think a lot better than the other ones do.
1: Yes, um, I don't disagree with that. Right, I don't disagree with that. There is a there is another component though to the fear. Yeah. That that here's here's the thing, right? So like in the books, right? Like what a lot of people don't know is Bruce is actually afraid of bats. Yeah. Like he has a fear of bats right? And I'm going to say this. This is like you have two focused and two prepared people at the same time. And one of them is more prepared than the other one. One is smarter than the other. And that makes the other dangerous. And it is the Riddler, right? Because I hope that you have a, a question later on or at any point about the Riddler and if he knew or not, right? But yeah, uh, we definitely
0: have like we definitely have yeah. um a segment. I wanna give the Riddler his own time because there's so much yeah, yeah. of his stuff. Sure. But like sure. definitely sure. have a a moment for that. But you're right. Like you know what's great about this year two Batman though, and I think you hit on it. One guy is more prepared, so we are seeing a flawed Batman. Now I know a lot of people have gotten tired of seeing the origin story, but which I find weird because we've only had one other one, which is Batman Begins, besides besides barely the original Batman. But listen, I understand we don't want to see Pearls anymore, but I still want to see an early Batman, which I found to be really peculiarly, like Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard didn't enjoy that aspect of it. They wanted their Batman to just kick ass. And it kind of let me know where their head's been at with Batman for a while because they were complaining that Robert Pattinson didn't understand how to be Bruce Wayne yet. And it's like, okay, but this is year two Batman. Everyone knew this was year two. You know, Batman doesn't just jump out the gate being the best Batman he can be. It takes time. And there is a lack of preparedness, you know, for this role that I like. You know, you see it with his, you know, flying suit, where he hasn't quite managed how to get the landing done right. Like, he hasn't figured out every fighting style imaginable. He hasn't figured out the right way to enter the Iceberg Lounge yet. Like, he goes three times, and he, gets, he tries a different route every time. You know, he tries Batman. I'm, I get into a fight. That doesn't work. Let's try number two. I'm going as Bruce Wayne. Oh, I get through the door. But when I get through the door, I find out some horrible shit about my life. Right. Third time, I go in as a, a ghost, and I achieve my goal. You know, I love unprepared Batman. I hate Grant Morrison's Batman because he makes him too perfect. And you're 100% right. This dude is unprepared for this job, but he's going to fake it till he makes it. He's going to fake it till he makes it. And, and another character that, that helps in
1: that, and I love it uh, that how they established him in this one is Alfred, right? Because Alfred is, I think, Alfred is the sixth man of the year when it comes to Batman lore. Right. And I loved when they finally said like, no, nah, this guy just isn't a butler. Like, you know, like there's a reason why he's with the Wayne's and they alluded to it now, like that he was more of a bodyguard, mm-hmm. you know, like this guy is this guy. And the fact that I want to go back into the this, this set year two, awesome. but it's actually the most of the, the, the comic references, the source material is coming from year one. Yeah. So it's coming from uh, Long Halloween year one. Dark Victory and yeah, and Earth One and a lot from Earth. Listen, some of the best stuff comes from Earth One. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's oh my god, man! It's it's just a lot happening. But so tell me, tell
0: me more about their take. What Batman did they want to see? Like what they're they're tired of? You know the origin story, but yet. You know, Mark Bernardin bitched about Zack Snyder's Batman. So it was like, all right, so there is no winning, really. I think what's happened to the Mark Bernardin review is that it used to be something I would clamor for. Cause like, oh, here's a writer's different take on a movie. And it felt different. It felt like, oh, you're just you are a fan. You're saying, oh, I would like to have seen this, that, the other. Now that he's gotten into screenwriting and he's started getting into you know, the He-Man job and stuff like that, it's turned into this, oh, I need to prove I'm a better writer than these dudes now. Like, oh, no, I get it, get it. Like, you guys don't understand. Like, their issue, they had an issue with... Ah, uh, okay. They had an issue with Batman being a symbol of hope. They're like, when, when, that's Superman's job. It's not Batman's job. It's like, oh, no, like, Batman's entire thing is being a symbol to the people in need. So it it's in it's a hope. It's hope. Yeah, it's, it's hope like, Yeah, it is justice, but hope is part of justice. Like, it's this weird fanboy... Like, no two motions can mix ever. This Green Lantern thinking, you know?
1: And it's, But it's wrong, though, right? Like, if if you've read, if you've literally read year one, which, listen, take a Selena Kyle, and I love how in, in, in the original, I always thought she was racially ambiguous. Like, I didn't know what she was yeah. in that book. You know what I mean? I didn't know what she was. I knew she was a, a sex worker. I knew she had this creamy complexion, this short hair, and you know the outfit that she had in the book and in the film was spot on like it was it was brilliant, right but do you remember like he he gave uh remember he gave like a batarang or something to a kid you know like yeah. and and and, you're, and I think a lot of people forget how much he legitimately when he's in those moments with children and the elderly and you know that he makes the most of it. Yeah. That he connects with them. You know, like I'm here for you. You know, and I don't and I think that people didn't even catch that with like like he had set it up. Like you said that uh the city is dangerous and using the mm-hmm. fear element, right? Yeah. And we see that, right? And this guy is afraid, like he's beating he's got, these guys, these guys were getting ready to beat you up and do something worse to you. He beat them up and he still thought that Batman Who's going to do something to him? And he was looking at that Mm. man in that moment and he absorbed it like, and I could tell he's like, wait, am I doing this right? Yeah. Like, he's like, okay, those people, those people are scared, but these people are scared. Mm." And and I thought, there you go. And if these people are writers and professionals and you don't get that Batman is still wanting the the good citizens of Gotham, to feel safe and the bad element and that's what when you get later on in books where you mm-hmm. kind of see that duality happening like where the criminals the corrupt fear Batman and and I like that I, I really like that and for them to say that they just uh some people just want what they want you know exactly. what I mean like and some that, people just and, want a and, lollipop that. in their mouth and butter up their ass they just yeah, want they, what they yeah, want yeah, man
0: yeah. call them a pervert hey they like what they like you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, you know, I, I'm a little parched, Ray. I think I need another liquid death water.
2: Okay. Mm. Okay. okay. Mango. How much are we getting? It's
0: delicious. Okay. okay. The check hasn't come in yet. I'm still begging for The it. check hasn't come in yet. Okay. I'm still begging. Okay. Listen. Okay. Quiet mouths don't get fed, dog.
1: Listen, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. Get
0: it, daddy. Yeah. Get it. What I love about this Batman as well is that you find out that, like, they, they both the Joker and the Batman both like this idea of Thomas Wayne running for mayor. I did. Mm-hmm. It, into it. It does seem like a rich man's thing to do. They both have different takes on it. That's cool. What really got me was Martha Arkham. Let's go. And Let's go. Let me tell you, this goes into the, the Patterson performance. Patterson. Plays like a kid with stunted growth. He's still that kid who's 10 that happens to have a better body. He's smart. He ain't that smart. His hair is like such a kid-style haircut. The way he dresses is the way a child would dress. Like, the sunglasses, like, why would he... Sunglasses inside, like a kid. Like, he's a kid playing an adult. And now knowing Martha was in and out the asylum... I like that Batman's a little crazy.
1: Well, and there's precedent to that, right? One of my favorite books, there's a, there's like this Arkham one shot that's got put together. Right. Yeah. And they had these case files on everybody. Right. And at the end, the last one that they had was a Batman. Mm. And the doctor was like, I can't wait. He had his whole evaluation of it. And it's like, I wait for the day that they finally bring him in here.
2: Yeah.
1: He, like, he like he said, like, he's crazy. Like, and I was like, oh, my God. You want to talk about mind blown? My mind was blown because it was the first time that someone actually said, if you think they're crazy for having their personas and he's not, then something's wrong with you. Exactly. He's just as crazy. Like He's just as nuts. And, like, guess who? Now, if we want to keep it a buck, who actually establishes that on screen? Tim Burton
2: mm.
1: and huh, Joseph. Michael Keaton. You want to get nuts? <laughs> no, but, but, but your boy, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts, I'm right? Saying. And so like... they are go to
0: therapy in Batman Forever. Yeah, you know what? I'm, Joel, I'm trying to get Joel some flowers, dog. I'm just trying. I'm flower shop. <laughs> just trying to get him some roses.
1: Listen, I I give Schumacher his roses for the win. All right, like my nigga brought, you know. <laughs> Can you steal a brand new day? Right. Like this, is, Shoe, you know.
0: Schumacher, Schumacher. There you go. All
1: right, there you go. And then you talk about trans, a trans serial killer, and it's gay directed. You you you're, you're the most inclusive mm. podcaster. That's not a social justice warrior. Up top, you know what I mean? Like you're you're the inclusive, and guy. you know what? I want you to get your flowers. How about that? Yeah, Can we yeah. get Ralphie his flowers, please?
0: Flowers for me, none for you, losers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. But as that we're works. saying, um, the Batman, um, yeah. Like what I, it's it's so interesting seeing this Batman be a weirdo. Like he's a legitimate weirdo. In life, like in like as Bruce and as Batman, there's no getting around it.
1: Uh, an absolute weirdo, yeah. like, and it was it was so like, and how awkward he was with Selena. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he,
0: yeah, he had, I love that. With women before, you know, what I mean, like he thing, had no he interaction with women. like.
1: Yeah. This is like he was awkward, man. Like yeah. this dude, like, and for them to get upset about that. That this dude has dedicated his life to this, he hasn't like if if you're saying that, then you're cherry picking the batman lord yeah. right you're you're legitimately cherry picking like this kid wrote up his own emancipation paperwork mm-hmm. right to be so he wasn't a ward of the state he- he drafted it himself as a child, yeah. You all have no... Like, he's always been an overachiever. He's always been very bright. And, okay. I, I don't know what to
0: tell people. So, so, in the movie, Ave Maria is a big thing throughout the movie. We all know it's, it's, it's also called, you know, Lady of the Lake. But Ave Maria is more known for like Hail Mary, you know, Mother of God and stuff like that. Bruce Wayne looks at his mom like the Hail fucking Mary. There's nothing wrong with his mom. She's perfect. And in a lot of ways, Thomas Wayne, to protect his wife, because he loved her, he views her as, he knows she's imperfect. But he keeps up this performance to still make her look like the Hail Mary. So when he has to deal with Catwoman, he sees, is this another Hail Mary? Like, this woman's throwing at me things I never, inter- I never got from a woman before. How, do, how to, like, tell her lies. How do I tell her truths? Like, is she my friend? Is she my enemy? You know, can there be a future here? I think that's a huge part of the whole interaction I think that's just been was like a little bit weaved under and I'm still trying to figure out what it means for the rhythm because we don't get necessarily a mom vibe from him or any kind of mom vibes, but we'll get to that at that point, but I think Bruce looks at women like saintly, so it's hard for him to interact with them.
1: Hmm. Mm, okay. Okay. I, you know what? I'm gonna fuck with that. I'm gonna fuck with that. But let me say this to you. You were talking and then I had a revelation. Mm-hmm. So were they actually, were was Thomas and Martha actually in love or was this more of a, you know, Gotham elite uh, arranged marriage?
0: Gangsta's right? Stuff. W-
1: Come on now. Mm -hmm. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Like what, because he, he was protecting much more than just her and his love and devotion. Like, and, and what if, what if, because there was a a lot of illusions to the court. I don't know if they're going to go there. We're going to talk about that later, but you know, like there's a lot happening in this film. I'm going to go probably tonight or tomorrow to see it again, because it's so much going on, but Go ahead. Go go to the next topic,
0: bro. It's too it's too much. It's uh, exactly. I'm gonna spiral. I'm about to spiral. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to spiral, go spiral. spiral. <laughs> Fuzzy walls. Everyone's happy. Okay. Huzzies. Okay. okay. We're all good. No, okay. that's gonna happen. War in Ukraine.
2: little
0: Kenneth from for you? I like it. I like it. Okay. There is no Batman without a supporting cast. And, and it's funny. For such a loner, he has so many friends. And so many people he interacts with <clears> on a regular basis. So I kind of want to start with his best friend, his homie, Jim Gordon, Jeffrey Wright. I love everything Jeffrey Wright does in this movie. He, once again, as you said with GCPD, he plays it legit. I'm dealing with this this weird dude in a suit. I'm dealing with this weird serial killer, the thumb drive scene where he has to use it. It's like, dude, he's playing it straight. Like, nope, this is a regular cop dealing with some comic book-ass shit. Jeffrey Wright is so good.
1: He, listen, I'm glad that, you know, because I didn't want to say anything up top because I knew, you know, we'll spiral, right? And I know know that you're a professional and I want to make sure that I'm just out of here like, "Ah!" but let me tell you something. (laughs) He brought that, just that subdued performance and grounded it. And I know pe- everybody's tired of getting grounded, right? Yeah. I know everybody's tired of gritty and realistic, but listen, man, sometimes that's real life. You know what I mean? Like like a Cassavetti film. Yeah. Like, I, I like Cassavetti. Like, he's one of my favorite di- directors. You know what I mean? Because of that, the, the, the realism. Like, I want that. Yeah. And like, you, you know, this felt like that. This felt like a downbeat cop. Right? Like, he doesn't know what to do. He's surrounded by corruption. He's surrounded by this. There needs results. I, like, I have to work with this guy. This, this is the only straight person I know that's not on the take. Yep. That wants the same thing I want. It's that odd fellows. It's It's the odd couple, man. Like, and it, oh my god, man. Again, wait a minute. Is that another reference? Is that another counterculture? Wait, wait, I didn't see it. Did they take from the odd couple?
0: Yeah. Oh my fucking god, did they take? Are you the other same scene I'm thinking about? Give it to me. Give Give it to me. Whispering scene? That's an odd couple. Yeah. Baby. Come on, man. It's so funny. And the thing is, like, he it's such, ah. he's so good at it because he knows I have to overact this because no one's ever going to really believe we're whispering like this, you know? And, and even, like, Batman's thrown off by it, but then he eventually gets into it. It's just like, like, they'll follow me, dude. And it's so funny because you have to watch them team up in a non-cool setting it's just really, I need you to to punch me so you can get out of here. It's so funny. I love that scene. Every, it was, dude, it was so brilliant. And it's
1: like, but the thing is, like you said, they have to overact because these people want to see this over the top. Like, but it was all true though. It was all, Oh my God, man. You're a genius. You're a genius. Cause you, you ask the right questions. You know, you're very talented. Not just as a personality, right? But you are a very skilled interviewer. You are very uh, thought-provoking. You think beyond uh, the color of the pale of the conversation. You know, you go into it. You know, like, you're, you're really good at this. You're really good at this. And
0: thank you Deathwater for helping me get that down. Okay. 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 Thank you, Liquid Deaf Water. But Jim Gordon is so Did good in this movie. and Did like, the graphic come up? Did the liquid death water graphic come up? Did you? I don't know if I'm legally able to do that just yet. WRK, is yes, still trying to find out. If you just flash I, it. I think I a couple it. seconds. A couple seconds. Yeah. Like, I mean, flash it. Ah, 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 liquid fight death fight water. Club style. Fight club style. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Boom. Bam. There we go. I got to get legal on this immediately. That's... Like, let's, let's do it throughout the episode now like from it. this point no, no, that's, a, that's, a game that's a new game now for the second half of this very long episode which I'm excited about you now have to find <laughs> the Liquid Death logo that flashes it will be flashing at some point in this episode and it's going to happen and if you can find the time I will get you a this will end in darkness mug boom mm, mm, okay you're generous you're very generous. Look at you for this goddamn okay. mug, but it's the first person okay. who tells me about it. All right, the first person, not all the of first them, person, the first person, the first person. All right, right, the first person, right. the but colonizer. That's how my riddle works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like I'm with it. it. I like Jim Gordon's outfits in this movie, man. <laughs> like it felt real. I know that cotton white shirt. I've bought it at Kmart before.
1: Kmart. Oh, I haven't heard of that place. Oh yeah. it's like Yeah.
0: It's a tough time for
1: kids. Yeah, up. I'm Yeah. I'm I'm, you know, I wasn't upper west side, but you know what I mean? Like, uh eh, wasn't too far from it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, little, better little taste. snobby little kid. Yeah, I got better taste. But dude, he was it was a real guy, like, and just getting up and having to be a cop. Yeah. Like it it uh, Okay, go ahead. Next, who who's another supporting cat? Right. Because we can get on
0: Gordon. we can stay on <laughs> Gordon, but like we, I, we did Alfred already, for the most part. Yeah. Is there anything for you the most part about Alfred? Anything? You well, know? just well, just
1: how the public is is really embracing Alfred now and understanding this guy is a lot more complex uh, than anybody knows, especially especially the casual fan, the movie going public, uh, Joe Jane uh, audience member, like you know what I mean. John Q. Movie goer, right? Yeah, that they're starting to see, like, oh wait, Alfred, and and I think doing this and saying this and hoping people Google, hoping people watch Pennyworth, hoping people go pick up an omnibus collection that, that, that they, you, you know, like this type of stuff really furthers pop culture. Um, Economy, you know, and make people just, just a, a few thousand people will go and spend now because they're interested and they're curious. And Alfred is just one of those characters
0: that has so much depth within the Batman lore. Yeah, so he's he's getting he's getting the push I always wanted for you know Jesus' stepdad. Like Joseph never really gets mm. that kind of play, man. But he mm. he stood by a woman with a weird story. And he raised that kid <laughs> like his own, man. He went, I'm going to tell you. said a you weird home. story? <laughs> a weird story. Because let me tell you, that's a hard gimmick to get over, brother. That's
1: a, that's a hard, wait. So you was a bird, uh-huh. Uh huh.
0: Okay. And you want me to marry you and raise uh-huh. this deity, Uh-huh. So, oh, okay. Wait, Joseph needs to get oh. that push eventually. Hopefully this Easter, I'll get on that. I'll get Joseph the okay. brother. All-time okay. stepdad. All time stepdad. Okay. Next thing you know, you're gonna be trying to get Judas over. If you give me time, I can. <laughs> <in a> time. <laughs> if you give me time, was, just, just a little teaser. I mean, didn't it work out for Destiny? Kind of had to.
2: Hmm.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, he, he was playing convinced. a role. Yep. We all yeah. play roles in life. It's all an elaborate mm. stage. Yeah. You playing roles, I'm playing with my junk. That's what that sounds about, right? Yeah. Speaking of playing with junk, yeah. how beautiful was Catwoman?
2: I
1: Listen, you, you know, not only physically beautiful, but her performance, man. Like, again, believability. I believed it. You know, the scene where she's looking for Annika and her love for Annika. Right, I believe it. Like she bad was. That to me. the only what bad, was the bad thing? The
0: only bad scene was when she first got into that cab and was calling her. I didn't buy that scene, but everything else I bought.
1: Okay, okay. See, it, everything was. It was so much going on. I don't even think about that. You know what I mean? Because right. it was like, like if something bad is sandwiched in between two a good and a great, like it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, you know. But I didn't that, even serviceable. Yeah, yeah, but she was. She was fantastic. It's it's crazy that the story that came out, mm-hmm. and I'm glad she told it. That Nolan's people wouldn't even let her read <laughs> for Catwoman the first go around, uh, with with uh, the Nolan verse. Mm. That they were like, "Nah, you're too urban." She's like, that's "Wait, wow. what? Like you would that's you would literally tell me, like you wouldn't, you know, like oh wow." And that, and again, here we go. These people don't even understand a character. Yeah. This woman. Is a thief. Yeah. She grew up in object poverty. Like she, like yeah. there is. Listen, it kinda has to be Catwoman. Her. She kind of has to be. And, and, and if if, if Gossip is a play, and if Metropolis both are plays on different parts of New York City, right? Then there is nothing more Catwoman like in casting for that character than a Latina
0: or black chick. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. He's just he so good about that movie. It does, any other writer would have made that... She would have mentioned what her race was. Never does. The only way you really know is when she hits Bruce that white privilege line. It's the only ever time her race becomes a thing to point out. And it's... oh really... Any other writer, I'm telling you, it, it's every other conversation. It's every, every conversation, every line of dialogue. But they played it, I think, 100% right. At a moment when she's giving him her philosophy on how things work, who I am as a person in this city, as who I am, like, skin wise and all that, that also plays a role in what I'm talking to you about. And it yeah. comes up in that really good moment. And I'm going
1: gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, right? At first, at first, uh, First mention of it, right? I had a little cringe. I was like, oh Lord, here we go. But then I said, no, 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 no. No. I understood why it happened. And can I can I add to that really quickly? It was it was the quickest way to not have the cliche Robin Hood conversation, right? I steal from the rich give to the poor. This is I don't give a fuck about them, right? That that they put it in a contemporary context. And I was like, oh. Oh, it's Catwoman. She's a thick, you know. Like no, no, no. This all, this all shakes out. Yeah. This all shakes out. You know what I mean? This all shakes out. Just to give her, like, did we talk about the trinity? The oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, okay, whoa. Listen. I just whoa.
0: Listen,
1: whoa.
0: Uh huh. I didn't
1: even think about it. Oh, are, I didn't. I, I know
0: where you're going. Go for do it. Do you? Do you? Are you sure? Go for it.
1: The the trinity, like. Like she's, oh my goodness, bro. Like, wait a minute. You have three orphans mm-hmm. and they're all making three different decisions, yeah. right? And she's kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. She's the anti between Bruce's philosophy and Rittler's philosophy. And they're all fueled by revenge and the sins of fathers. Yeah. And oh my God. This is even better now. Wait, I didn't even see that. I didn't even see it until you
0: asked. A, oh my God. Was, like you said, you said it. You said it. What's beautiful about uh. it is you're also seeing how men relate in her life. John Totoro, will get into his scene stealing abilities in a few minutes. But... He has such an overbearing on her life and her growth. Her her entire arc is, I have to get rid of this dude who's made my life this living hell. But she doesn't get the chance to because Batman won't let her. Even though, granted, murdering him is a step too far, maybe. Depends on, we don't know the full relationship. We don't know fully what happened. But now she goes, all right, I trust you, Batman. Let the cops take him. And the second he walks out, he gets killed by the Joker. The men in this movie just control her life entirely. And it's her father, the man she's kind of in love with, and this dude who's just in the atmosphere. That's her entire existence. The last scene where they're both on bikes and they ride off knowing they can't be together. She, for the first time with a man in her life, has made the decision, I'm not going to follow you. She pulls off first. She realizes, I, I have to figure out what this is for me. I got to figure out what my life is without all these men who have just had such a huge impact on it. Leaving the city of Bloodhaven. It, they, people say Woman had no arc. She had one of the most important arcs she's the head of this movie she's how can they say she didn't have an arc so she had an entire
1: arc what like this is people are stupid online like they you know nuanced critical thinking it's all dead yeah those skills don't exist anymore like people are just and and they're just in that echo chamber i'm talking about the one person that they like says it and so they echo it and because listen we do know like, we, we heard about she was strangled. And so he put two and two together. Like, oh, Falcone actually killed her mother. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh. And, and here's the other thing, though, right? Like, this is the question I have. Did he know that's his daughter?
0: I don't think till the end. I think that was the big reveal at the end. But it, I, it's hard to know because this movie does that with Totoro, but it also does it with the Riddler later where you think someone knows the answer to something, but they don't really know the answer. So Totoro, I think... I think by I think when he was killing her or trying to kill her, I thought he knew already. because that that kind of thing, even though he just heard this news, it's kind of weird to reference it when you're about to kill this little girl. You know what I mean? Who is your daughter? You know what I mean? Like you just found out now. I don't know if you rush to the choke, you know, gun or not. There's some things that have to be figured out here. You know, is the mom alive and stuff like that. So, I think he's always known to a degree, but I don't think it's ever been confirmed until that moment that she knew. Because it seemed, he seems to be the only one that knows anything in Gotham about anything. He seems to have all the cards, more so than the Riddler. And that's why I think him, the Riddler going after Falcone is so interesting. He is the legitimate brain of Gotham. So, I think he's played everybody, and he doesn't know if she knows yet. But...
1: I. I I disagree with you there. Yeah, I do. I know what you mean, but I disagree there. Right. I think it's it's kind of so. So here's here's the funny thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Here's the funny thing. Right. Bruce doesn't really know a lot about his dad. Like, and that's kind of coming up. Right. He, you know, his mom and his father, like he he's learning. And I think that there's so much juxtaposition happening that everybody's learning. Everybody, you know, like stuff's coming to the light, like. Ridler is literally pulling out secrets, yeah. Right, and I think that like it's discovered, dude. It's a, oh my god, man. Matt Reeves, listen, this is I don't know what's going on, man, but this thing is way more layered, and I and I think that this is, whoa, man. Like I think that because he trivialized that woman, she was nothing to him, yeah. Right, like this girl has spent her whole life looking at. Yeah, one of the the princes of the city and he doesn't even know like oh yeah oh yeah i remember her like he it's she wasn't important to him she's was like hey beautiful like he's he never treated her yeah like a child like she said i was coming here as a child
2: yeah
1: she never said like hey he saw me she he knew of my existence nah yeah that was never said the mom was a stripper. She was maybe even a sex worker because that, you know, uh, what is it, 45 below? Yeah. is It seems like a, you know, girls are working girls down there. Like, this is like, hey, this ain't upstairs when you're trying to meet a chick. No, this is downstairs. You know the action is happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, whoa. This is, oh, man, this is brilliant, bro. This is brilliant. All right, next. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Gotcha. Let, let's Let's gotcha. keep going. Yeah cuz this is this is all
0: great. Colin Farrell plays the penguin. You Yeah, you man. You can start.
1: Um let me tell you. Let me tell you. There there've been two performances this year um where prosthesis were used prosthetics were used, right? And I've been like, I I didn't see it at all. Like I heard and I was looking for the person, Yeah. right? The very first one, Sarah Paulson in American Crime Story Impeachment. I I watched three episodes before I realized she was Linda Tripp. (laughs) Okay? I didn't, I was like, oh man, this Linda Tripp is not. And I'm like, wait,
0: this is Sarah (laughs) Paulson? What I like about this, this Penguin is that It feels like an everyday gangster in New York. You've seen these John Gotti like guys. You've seen all these dudes who were very flashy. They all they wanted you to know they were a gangster. You know what I mean? And what I love is also there's a certain like realness to Colin Farrell. You know, like he's a real person. Like when he's getting chased by Batman, and he finally thinks he escaped him. He's like, "I got you, I got you." Like that's a normal thing a person would say.
2: Like it's not yeah.
0: like every other movie would have had him say some really dope line or like some really bad pun, but like he went to, I got you. Like that's, that's such a human celebration. He is not South yeah. Park.
1: Yeah, he does. And, and can I say this though? Mm-hmm. I believe not like he was just above street smart. Yeah. Like he was actually until like, you can see how in, Several years, this guy is gonna be a Falcone esque player in the Gotham underworld. Like he's not a dumb guy at all. Like he's very smart. Like, but a different kind of smart. Like it was, and it was probably the first time we've seen the criminal, um, gangster element of Penguin because I, I loved in really truthfully like um in the late 90s and 2000s when they really kind of leaned into that versus kind of like the the poor man's um uh, Luther that they kind of yeah. portrayed him as was just like this this rich guy who's doing all of these nefarious things and trying to become mayor and governor and do, you know what I mean like that kind of shit is corny yeah. To me. You know what I mean? Like it's not bad. I, I read the stories. I like them. Yeah. But the gangster penguin, like, especially seeing like I love that watching um uh, uh Gossip. Yeah. I I loved it. I loved that. that that's still my favorite penguin. Mm. Right? That's still my favorite penguin. He was just because we got so much screen time, we got to see him. Yeah. We got to understand his motivations. But uh, Colin, man, just stole so much. And, and and the fact that nobody died, right? Yeah. So, like, I know later you got something else cooking, mm-hmm. right? But I want to say this real quick. Yeah, There was a point in the second act where legitimately I was like, this is one of the most comic book movies out here that's ever happened like and it was like oh no this is how it would happen but we're gonna we're gonna get into that i know but i just wanna yeah. that's a tease but okay so that's penguin so go ahead i've i've, I've said my piece there
0: what i love in a, in a lot of ways with um he's he's the funniest guy in the movie and like even with the whole correcting their spanish thing it's like it's a real penguin thing to do like hey i'm smart you know i know things it's very right fredo like, what if Fredo got to be a crime boss? It's like, I know stuff, you know? Like, I'm smart, and I'm not dumb like everyone else says, you know? It's a real, like, fun um, thing for Colin. I think he's nailed that down with, like, you know, a lot of Guy Ritchie movies, especially with, you know, The Gentleman recently. Like, he just plays like a really just a regular boxing coach who can just get shit done. And he, and he plays, like, nervous in that movie, you know? So I, I think also having Colin Farrell... Who was also up for Batman at one point, you know, come yeah. back and play the Penguin? Like, that's Matt Reeves just knowing.
1: It it, it was, dude. I you know I I can end it because you just legitimately just summed it all up and that was a brilliant uh, yeah. observation let's, and let's, you know so let's get yeah to
0: our guy, he's listen for me, if you had, if if John Turturro. Was not already famous. I tell you. This is a breakout performance. He does so much with his minutes. And. It's a, it's a crime boss. We haven't really seen before. He's a bit more chill. And you don't think of him as a crime boss. He's John Totoro. But that's how those guys look. And they have like these little. Flat fashion flares. Like he wears the sunglasses all the time. You get your first Godfather reference with him, you know, like there's a moment where like I believe Bruce has come to see him. And the song that's playing in the background is a song that um, Johnny Fontaine sings to um, Connie, you know, I have but one heart, you know, and he's kind of like it's amalgamation of like real life dudes who you only saw in the pictures. But he's so he's so carefree because he knows nothing can happen to him. Cause he's got yeah. it all figured out, and I think John yeah. Turturro just—he steals almost every scene he's in.
1: Oh yeah, he does. But you know, can can I say this though? Yeah. If you look at John Tur- Turturro's performance, mm-hmm. look at all the other uh, heavyweight actors and actresses that later in their career get pulled into pop culture films, right? Look at what happened with Helen Mirren, mm-hmm. right, when she did Red. Yeah, And look at, uh, I'm trying to think of another person, like uh, John Malkovich even, right? Yeah. You look like they're, they're having fun in these movies, right? Yeah. Like, and they're telling other people, like, nah, man, you want to make one of those movies. Like, look, look at how much fun Anthony Hopkins had in Thor. Oh, yeah. Like, he was having, like, and, and it comes through the performance, right? And then it makes this character, like, where you even kind of go, like, I see how Thor became Thor. Right. Like, like it's, it's coming out. And so his performance, right. Like he's like, yeah, man, I'm John motherfucking tutorial. This is like, this is like, I'm the king of this shit. This is a, this is like one of the independent films that I've been in where I dominate everything that I do. You know what I mean? Like he was like, he and his brother have been doing their whole career in, in television and film in NYC, you know? And that he's like, nah, I'm that motherfucker. This is my movie. This is my moment. And then to have a character who most people don't know because they they weren't in those big runs, right? That they were literally in the year one uh, universe, right? And uh, how Falcone, like, he just brought this swag to him. Right, where it's kind of like you like him, but you don't. And they made sure to take away any else that we might gravitate toward him and go, ooh, that kind of, ah, shit, he strangled her mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. Really, ah, he's a rat. <laughs> ah, he's a, ah, fuck. Okay, yeah.
0: Fuck this nigga. <laughs> it's, ah, it's fuck so this nigga. Ah. It's so easy to hate him. In yeah. Like even with the whole like talking about how Thomas Wayne did his surgery, you know, and like, like how he looked up at the kid and saw Bruce was watching the entire time, like, just how he just flaunts that knowledge. Like, oh yeah, I'm connected to this kid too. In case Oswald didn't know, I I'm with the Waynes a little bit as well. You know, it's it's a nice yeah, flair.
1: Yeah, he he was, but and it was like very casual, but like I'm gonna let you know, like that I hold. I'm holding these cards. And and the fact, though, and that, again, again, I know you want to talk more later, but this is just another highlight to Riddler's brilliance. Like, he knew all of that. Yeah. He knew all of that. So, okay. You got anything else about
0: uh, Falcon? Well, to be honest, there's no other, like, I no one else really stood out to me other than those people that I remember from watching. I think... The even you know what we gotta give Skarsgård some love though. As a DA, played it. No, great. absolutely. Gotta, gotta absolutely, He We showed love. Absolutely, so the police captain. He the Italian accent. He was fire. You know what I mean? We got him honorable mentions. You know, everyone delivered in this movie. Um, supporting cast wise, like I was impressed from top to bottom. But of course, yeah, I love Martinez though. Martinez I love him. Also, Martinez, I love Martinez clue, with the clutch
1: clue. Clutch, I like. I believe, like I'm gonna be honest, man. He was the heart and soul of the working stiff of the GCPD. I like, like he you. was, like he was more relevant and purposeful than I, than I think you're giving him credit for, bro. No, he no, he that's... was needed. We needed Martinez, bro. And he showed up and showed out, bro, like, and, and that he's going to be a player moving forward. Oh, yeah. You like, and that's use what a this game. is. A, you gotta use they got to. Got to. They got to. Gotta.
0: It's all. It's,
1: boom. Boom. Okay. I said my piece. I don't want to. I'm, I'm going to stop there
0: because I'm, I, a, I'm getting street. revved up. We support Martinez on his podcast.
1: Yes, it we has do. Nothing
0: to do with nepotism that we had the same last name. He just okay. delivered. I'll... He just delivered. Sure. He no did. He did here ever. Ever? Ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is my just- Please, wait. performance. wait, nudge, nudge. I put my sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no apetism <laughs> <else in> here. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of. Is that
1: John or is that Nick? Who are you know. doing right now? I, I, just, know, I think you're doing
0: Nick. I just love this movie and talking to you about it so much. I'm delirious, dude.
1: You are delirious. And, and, and it's, delirious. it's with good reason.
0: It's someone else's good reason. It's The Riddler.
1: Uh, Oof.
0: Oof. All right. So. Oof. I want to point out one thing. I saw this on Reddit, and I went back to confirm it. In the stranger, in Stranger Calls in 1979, there's an introduction okay. to a killer, where like you see a, a a background, you see a regular wall, and I believe the light turns on and you see the killer is camouflaged as the wall. It's the first time you've seen him. That's what I've been told by Reddit. So okay. When, so when Paul Dano pulls it with He's in the darkness of the mayor's home, which I want to point out. The kid, the mayor's son, was dressed as a ninja. As a
1: ninja. Oh, yeah. I caught that
0: reference. So, in some way, he might have created another Bruce, which I will get to in my pitch later. But, in essence, he's recommitting the crime, whether he knows it or not. Well, he knows what he's doing, but in terms of that costume he is recommitting the crime that creates Batman and actually creates the gaping hole that Gotham is today. And his first reveal is in the dark, the light comes on and there he is. It's one of the best villain entrances I've seen in a comic book movie. Cause you know how good he is off rip. This is what he can do. And you mentioned it earlier with the soullessness that he you don't even sense his presence. This is a dude devoid of all humanity or humanity. Yeah. And here's like the like the like a shadow you said in, in Halloween. It's so done right. And it's so it mud hunter. You know, it's it's what I yeah. always wanted to relate Yes,
1: yeah. we talked about this. Listen, you and I actually pitched this years ago. Mm-hmm. Years ago. We, you and I came up, we were like, ah, oh, he needs to be, you know, a more, um, what, what, what's old boy's name from Saw? We were like, ah, oh, he oh, needs to be like... one of those guys. Jigsaw, you know, but his name is like Kramer or something, yeah. right? Uh, John something, right? And we were like, nah, man, like he needs to be and have these puzzles. And have, like, we were like, nah, man, he, he's got, it's got to be like seven. This guy's got to, like, shake Gotham to its core. And I still feel like, here, here's the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. I still, I have one complaint, mm-hmm. I have one complaint there where I felt like it should have really felt more like New York 77 and David Berkowitz. God right, I we should have we should have had more reports of like people like, nah, I'm not going out, man. Yo, Gotham is bugging right now, yeah. kid. Like, it should have been like you know people like, nah, this I don't know if the serial is are like, and yeah. then you could have some dudes like, tough guy. I wish Berkowitz word went up. Mm-hmm. I fucked that nigga up, like you know. Yeah. Were you seeing the, the 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 different backgrounds of Gotham, yeah. right? And how and how what he's doing is really. You know, shaking the, the 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 whole city to its core. I felt like we—that was the only thing that was missed was that and 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 that because Riddler should have been. We should have seen how scary his his actions and everything he was doing and the repercussions. So that's the only. That's the yeah, only complaint that, that I had. Yeah, have.
0: that's a legitimate nit, That's a legitimate nitpick because, like, yeah, it's get, a nitpick. It's, it's, it's a, a nitpick. All you need is a few seconds of that and it's fire. You're right. That's, that's it. a hundred percent. Like I. I enjoy that the riddles on the cards that he's giving are just one piece of it. There's other things written. It's a, it's like not just a simple riddle. There's other clues there, his cipher, you know what I mean? A map. So like he really puts a lot of work into it a bit more than like, I would say sometimes the comic books were where like the riddle is the answer. And it is a contraption. No, the contraption is part of the actual riddle itself. And yeah, the first um card he gives out is a card is a card that has an owl on the front. It has an owl on the front. Let's get to it. So, I, listen. I so all right. So I Remember, because I talked about this last week. Remember when we were first pitching it? I said the ending had to be that he's in jail, thinking he's gotten away with it, and an owl flies to his window. Yeah, and that would have set up our sequel. I felt so vindicated at that moment when I saw him, like, oh, yes, someone was in the wheelhouse. Even if he doesn't do it, someone was in the wheelhouse where if he's this smart, he knows the Court of Owls exists or there is this upper echelon group, you know, and and just every – even his handwriting was really interesting. Like, I, I wish, like, there was more screenshots of it because, you know, like, that the Joker handwriting picture that went around for a bit. I wish more people had gotten, like, the – the riddler's handwriting down that's a real serial killer the way he writes batman like he emphasizes the first line because he's that yes he has to write to him so good
1: yeah i let me tell you something right i think that they were setting up and (sighs) so much is going on around the riddler right just around him and like yo who killed his like and so we're seeing like, wait, wait, wait. There's more questions. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm glad they started with the Riddler. Yeah. Because he's making us all, the the, the, piece, the characters in Gotham, right? And then us at home, like, wait, what's really going on? I think he's bringing to light, making people think and ask questions, right? And that's simply... Uh, The other big thing here is uh, the Renewal Fund, right? If if anyone read the Court of Owls and they know, that was a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge, that is a huge foundational cornerstone in the the storyline with Bruce. And I can never remember the guy's name Uh, because I never like, you know, spoiling it for people. So I kind of want, I'm kind of glad I don't remember it right now. So yeah. people can kind of go into it fresh. If they're like, oh, man, let me go read it's,
0: this Quirrells. I never watch it. I'll read it. It's so
1: you, cool, no, so you cool. have to. It is, let's say this, right? That, that this universe can create more mythology that, like, you go, wait, what? I was My mind was blown that this type of mythology was still out there to be created for Batman. Like, it, this is why he's the greatest character. Yeah. Nobody else can build like this. That Listen, to simply put, someone said, hey, you know that bat has a natural predator, right? <laughs> it's the owl. And boom. The rep, I was like, holy fuck. Like, wait, what? And so him having that card and that owl on it, for all of us eagle-eyed people, listen, we know what time it was. We knew what time it was. Yeah. And I think that, I think getting Falcone out of the way, I think, let me be I think the Riddler, the way that even Batman, like Bruce, was a pawn to them, right?
0: I see what you're going for. See, see, I see it. See, pawn of the you see it. I like it.
1: You see what I'm saying? I like it. And I think they use
0: can take it over again.
1: Boom. And like, I get get rid of him. Get rid of Falcone. Get rid of him. Yeah. We need him out. We need them out. We. Okay, get get rid of that.
0: Well, it's interesting because Son of Sam now claims that it wasn't just him doing the killings. It was a group effort. And that's, like, very interesting in terms of, like, those kind of serial killers. Like, even the Zodiac, to a degree, some people claim they were Zodiac killings, but they certainly weren't. And he also claims some fake ones. So, and I also have my theory that there were two Zodiac killers, and just there was one real crime that was just more closed off, and the other one's just piggybacked off that one. But I think if the Riddler did have some fun, cause he, listen, you gotta be independently wealthy to pull this off. And yeah, they, he had a job, they say, but it's like, I don't know if you're really holding down a job, pulling off this kind of like the way his, um, his books were written. It's like, this dude's been at this every day. Like this is a 24 hour operation. So yeah, yeah, I, I definitely yeah. can see the core of owls, you know, being like, Oh, this is our guy. He's our agent of chaos. We're going to send out and he'll, we, and listen, like, maybe the Joker didn't work. We, you know, there's that tease, you know, at the end, we can talk about it now a little bit because I think it does, is important to the Riddler in a lot of ways. You know, we now have that reference to the Joker. He exists in that universe. And maybe that was their first attempt and we just never saw it. Or maybe they were like, well, someone eventually will cause this chaos and they create a situation where someone did. And now the Joker was kind of a first attempt that didn't really work out they got more focused with the Riddler. You know, they they found a kid online that was probably, you know, already on his way down the spiral of the dark web and shit. And they went, well, this kid we can cultivate. Like, maybe if we just influence him in certain ways. Like, you know how we talk about, like, how the people in January 6th, you know, that's a component of all this, you know. Maybe they use the Joker as going, you know, the problem with Joker was he's just not focused about it. If someone got really serious about it, You can do some stuff. And he does talk about Batman showing him focused violence can work. So I think, you know, with the Riddler, which is so interesting, is that he is a a creation of a city as well. You know, a city that that abandons its orphans, abandons mentally ill people. You know, they're both abandoned by a city in different ways. And I just really like how Paul Dano, you know... He plays it, like, so, like, you, his face is so adorable in some way. Like, when they first get to him in a diner, and you, he has that look, like, I just ordered the cherry pie. It's like, oh, no, you? Like, this, I, I pass by you all the time on the street. I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a kid, you know? It's like, there's something really beautiful about that movie going. Let's pick somebody who looks like the all-American kid and he's gone astray because of the city's corruption.
1: Yeah, I, I, love, I love that casting, but I need to really quickly, I want to push back on your theory. Gotcha. I want to give you a little context here on sure. this, right? So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. When you're demoing a building, how do you demo it? When they're demoing a, a big
0: structure, how do they demo it? Take the foundations out. How do they do it, though? Oh, with explosions and stuff and how do
1: they time the explosion?
0: I'm not sure. I've never done it before. I'll get to it one day.
1: They do it in stages.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, in stages. Right? Mhm. Right? You can't you cannot
1: blow something up all at once. It'll mm-hmm. it'll be destruction, right? Yeah. So you have to blow things in stages let that crumble let that crumble and so I'm telling you this for a reason. Yeah. The quarter owls is smarter than you're giving them credit. for. Mm. The Joker was stage one. Gotcha. Whatever he did mm-hmm. was the first stage. Yeah. Right? And guess what? Now, when you kind of see that the court of Owls is real, it makes, listen, the court is pro- probably the most necessary piece in the Bat universe because you understand why people stay alive. They do dirt. They go to prison and they get out. Like, yeah, no. Cool stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're our check and balance. To keep you know what we want moving and shaking, but I think the joke when I saw him in there I said, Ah, yeah, the court exists. he's yeah. a stage one, yeah. this guy is stage two. you know what I mean, yeah. like this dude is stage two, and, and we, I we, love what you said though yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead
0: I was thinking no go, you I go. go I was thinking what's good is that because you got the joker out the way, kind of like you don't have to redo that first movie, you can just get to like quicker to the, along the line of the owl's plan. You know, you're not going to have to spend an, an extra movie having to get to the owls if you need to. Because Joker's already taken yeah, care I, of.
1: You. Yeah, I think it's, and, and again, it's very smart. Like you said, it's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, and we go, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, that's what's going on here. Fuck. And then it's like making people run back and double check. Like, because that's what. That's what this film is. That's what any good film should do, especially noir. Yeah, like you know, uh, what what was the last uh, Knives Out? Yeah, right. Yeah. Knives Out. If you did not watch Knives, are like, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on, run this back, run this back. If you didn't want to, if you don't have a good mystery film, if you don't want to immediately say, hey, run, run that back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Run, run that back. Exactly. <laughs> run, run that motherfucker back. Run it back. And th- and that's what that film does. Like, it makes me want to watch it again and again because it's going to be more and more um, revealed. And I think that's the part of it. Like, how much is being revealed? And so, now that we're at the Riddler portion of this, I have to say, he knew. It's precedent in the books. Okay. The Riddler figured out that Bruce is back. He figured it out. Yeah. The only... Re- he the The big thing of... The Riddler and any riddle, right, is that you don't want other people to know the answer.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's what i you, you
1: come up with the riddle so hard that you want to be the only person that knows it. Exactly. And what's the hardest riddle out there, right? Who the fuck is Batman? Yeah. And he knows it. Mm-hmm. He knows it. And he was throwing it in his face. And he was playing, you know, like, no, no, Bruce, (laughs) Bruce, you know, and then, like, listen, man, his, oh, my God, like, he, he was literally tapping into, I don't know if it's his mentor, but a predecessor and, and a screen colleague of his and Daniel Day-Lewis, like, he was, he was, he, was, he went Daniel Day, Day Lewis when they were in Arkham together, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "I see you, Daniel. I see you. I see
2: you." And
1: I drink your
2: milkshake. I drink it up.
0: It, it, what I like about Paul Dano in this part is that I can believe it, and like I like the the you know that part when when he finally see his original video of hey, guys, thanks for the advice on detonators. I was like, this is like, I've seen those videos before. Like, the, the, the thing about the whole, like, you know, social media aspect of it, I like watching alt-right videos for fun. They, they're humor to me. I'm like, how stupid can these people be? But you see, like, these revolutionaries and all that, and they're all trying to, like, all gather each other up and all sharing information. And those comment threads, you're like, holy fuck, like, these dudes are actually kind of smart. Like they actually kind of know how to um, give each other advice and stuff like that. It grounded it in a modern reality, a modern nightmare, and I think yes. that's what Batman has to be. Sometimes it's a modern nightmare. Like what, what what was fear for us today, and it's that kind of you know collection of people. Now, you know censorship's a hard question to have. You know what is good censorship, what is bad censorship? But this Riddler movie kind of goes, yeah, this is happening to a lot more kids than you think.
1: And, and, but let me say this though, right? Mm-hmm. Not only did, do I agree with all that, but it makes a connection that nothing else has ever made, mm-hmm. right? How, in, in comic books, in lore, how in the fuck do these guys get henchmen? Yeah. And this, listen now, that's why I'm saying this is the most comic book movie now. Yeah. Listen, listen, we've seen two films now. We've seen two films in set in Gotham, set in the Batman. Mythology yeah. that we see how people get henchmen, yeah right? Like that—that that you're saying this all right. You're talking about fringe yeah. people on the fringe, right? And that there are all these people on the fringe, yeah. and we've never seen it before. Like it's always been a joke because we're kids. Like you know, I've always like how how do you follow him as a yeah. kid? like? Why would you follow him? What's the but now what what is it like? Wh- what is it? And these guys are just like them. They live in house. Like, this henchman thing now? Yeah. And th- I was like, this is the most brilliant. Thing. The henchman. That he had 500 people. They're like, 500 people. And everybody was like, oh, he's only got 500. I said, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's, they, that's those that's are henchmen.
0: That's enough.
1: That's more than enough. Yeah.
0: Like, you, out that's out 100, m- you get 10 guys that fully are true believers. That's all you need is 10. You know what I mean? Like they listen, have, they but we started not that. Yeah, we saw more than that. So in the end, when he does his um his big crescendo, which is, you know, indirectly baptize Gotham, you know what I mean? Because it's filled with sin, and I will smite thee and flood the world, you know? He, he has this, it's kind of this sermon through visuals, you know? Like, he's flooding the city, he needs to be re-baptized, the sinners have to go. And he has, like, at least ten dudes up, even more. like it, It was more. It was more than that, man. Ten, about twenty, and they were just out there on the rafters, ready to kill the people and the mayor.
1: It was, and they were. I think they were all around though. They were some on the ground level, like they. And and that's the scary part, right? And and that you go, wait, how many people? Like you said, when you saw all those guys in that reveal, you go, wait, wait a minute, how many people was really involved? Who's really behind the mask? And that's the that's the thing right that this is faceless like this movement i'm the head but it's faceless like it's out there now it's i got it's it's a bunch of me's out there and it's gonna keep going like dude okay 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 genius but this kind of ties into your last question
0: yeah all right which is okay Here's a a question I have regarding this movie. And I often have this with a lot of movies now. Like, what are you trying to tell me about what exists today? What is the future of this Gotham? You know, how does one turn the clock back? You know, after the Riddler just, you know, not only pushes them forward, but smashes the clock. And I think it's something that society is dealing with now in terms of how do you reach those fringe people. And to be honest, you look at the, all right, let's, let's, let's kind of like tie it all together. Now, the son of the mayor, he is now abandoned by Gotham and witnessed his dad was a, a victim in a battle of ideas. We're all victims in a battle of ideas. When we don't, I guess, in a sense, you know, get involved in our own ways. Whether it's voting, whether it's, you know, being, a, being Batman of your neighborhood. You know what I mean? Trying to be something better. My question really comes down to, with the Riddler and this idea that's now permeated Gotham, what's the future? Because you can't really go back. Kenya, hmm,
1: what's the future as far as this world? The DCU, I think, um,
0: the sequel. Because now that you've, yeah, I think we do have to talk about what's happening in the real world as well. This is a very bold ass movie that makes a lot of bold ass stances is the DCU going into this kind of future? Like, what is the future of DCEU in terms of filmmaking standpoint and business?
1: Yeah, well, okay. So I I, I can see this right now. Uh, There's a couple of things at play here, right? Mm -hmm. So we clearly see with their television properties uh, and even with some of the film stuff like that, They've already tried to tie in with the multiverse that's happening on television with the Arrowverse, and then we saw uh, The Flash, um, Ezra Miller's Flash show up, in the multi-episodal, multi-series um, crossover. Uh, and then we see that that's happening with the movies, bringing in a couple different Batmen, uh, bringing in Michael Keaton, and is is your boy showing up too? Uh,
0: ben should is
1: be showing up. Is Ben should be showing up, right? So we see that they're trying to tie loose fans, and, you know, maybe a new 52 is going to come out of that. Right. But this right here, this film is going to be telling because what I believe is, okay. Like DC as a whole, are we going to have like these pocket Elseworlds stories that we're able to tell that stand alone, uh, like Joker. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, cause maybe Matt Reeves is a pocket
2: yeah.
1: universe. It's it's not tying into anything. Right. And then there's the you know the continuity that's that's tied in, right? So, and, and guess what? They're all profitable, yeah. right? Like they're all profitable. Like, hey, we're telling all these stories. Like, listen, if you didn't love Gotham by Gaslight, right? If you if you did not love something that on paper it doesn't make sense that Batman is Batman in in um, London during the Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Uh, period, in the Victorian era, right? Yeah. And if you don't believe that, and it's like, no, nah, but it's cool. Like, it's fun to, you know, to uh, put this character there, to see it, to read it, to yeah. feel it, right? I think that that's profitable, Yeah. right? Tell stories, put these characters, put this, you know, and go, oh, snap, that's so-and-so. That's, oh, that's what they would do if they were there. So I could see that being here. And I'm not mad at that. I don't need this to tie in.
0: Yeah, me too. I don't need it to tie it. I, I don't need it. I, I think they should go back to doing what Warner Brothers does best, and that's just make good movies. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, don't worry about a universe. You have so much other stuff going on. You, they could all be pocket universes. You want to connect them one day? Use the Flash. You know, like, I don't think that should be their main goal anymore. You know, I think you can have, you know, those moments where there is a crossover. But I think just start making good movies again. You know, like, Marvel has perfected a formula that Warner Brothers cannot do. How just it's how it's created, how it's run, where it is in its conglomerate, it doesn't have that kind of autonomy. You know, Marvel can only focus on Marvel. Warner Brothers can't just focus on DC. You know, they got they got to sell right. all the stuff. You know, so at this right. point, if you can't give 100 percent of your attention to it, the attention you do give to it, give us something we haven't seen before. You know, give us new interpretations of modern legends, like with the Riddler now being the Zodiac Killer, like. The mask, you know, it that's something that's gonna live far beyond, you know, just this year. Just that look, you know, it, and if you notice, their noses match. You know, him and Batman. they in terms of leather, masks, yeah. Their noses match, you know, and that's something that people are gonna remember. You know, they're gonna remember this Riddler was just so intense, but it was unlike any Riddler we had seen before, and I think that's the the kind of um emotions you want to give an audience now. You can't do the shared universe. It's not going to work for you. You can't... The moving parts just aren't there. But if you can provide experiences that change the way superhero cinema is done, that's not a bad legacy either.
1: No. And I want to say this, though, right? So let's say, if this is Matt Reeves, like, he's... If this is his world, right? If this is his Batman, right? You can't share it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. This is it. This is it. Like there's st- something going on here. Period. And this them, In this timeline. And th- this is it, right? Like we can't concentrate on anybody else in Keystone City. We can't concentrate else on anybody in Central City. Like this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is the world. And this is what's going on. And so I, I want to say really quickly though, right? Mm-hmm. Like what? Like you. You just said something, and I. And I forgot it that quick, right? But here's the big part that I love. And, and in the cinema aspect of it, right? Yeah. That we're saying this character, we don't know, like, who's funding Rittler? Yeah. Who's funding Bruce? Like, wait, Bruce is losing money. The Wayne found the Wayne Corporation is losing money.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, wait, what's going on here, right? And so here's what th- that's what it is so when you look at a shared universe you know what's coming in yeah there are no stakes this film what they are doing what they have set up here we have stakes moving mm-hmm. forward we don't know what's coming keep it here this is what we should be doing we should not know like you you said this early in the in the episode right mm-hmm. that that batman could lose yeah right like yo like this guy's gotta get prepared like wait this guy could actually win like the rickler can win and he did yeah. like and i was i i actually applauded when his plant like when the dams broke right when he yeah. broke all the levees and boom 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 and he's like yeah no i did exactly what i said i was gonna do yeah. that's important and that's important to cinema uh-huh. right that we're like holy hell like what's going on that you're leaving the cinema asking questions. Exactly. Because we don't get that with Marvel. We're, we leave the cinema going, okay, what's next?
0: Yeah, it's, and it, it's two different conversations you're having when you're leaving a Marvel movie and leaving a DC movie. With a DC movie, like, that was great. I want to talk about the movie I just saw. With Marvel, you're, now you're just thinking about the next movie you saw. So the movie you just saw doesn't have prominence anymore because it's getting forgotten about, you know, because you're not thinking about what's next. And it, it doesn't have lasting power. You know what I mean? In terms of your mind, like, yeah, the universe as a whole has lasting power. But, like, I wonder if this universe ever ends a few generations from now, how prominent will those movies be in terms of when you talk about superhero cinema? Like, well, it's about the universe. The universe was great. But how much of it will be those are really great movies? Because I think the Marvel yeah. Universe has very little great, truly great movies. Yeah.
1: I, I'd say three at best. Three at best. They have three real, they have in my in my opinion, they have three great movies. And and I'll tell anyone this. I will argue with anyone. Doctor Strange is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange yeah. is actually one of them so if you were to ask me. Yeah. It was it was great. So D C uh the, the, the corporate entity, the corporate wing of uh of that corporate entity of Warner Media, uh, they have some questions, and I think they're going to see. Uh, I don't think Robert Pattinson, I don't think any of them uh, should move forward. I think, if anything, like, there seems to be, like, just a wink and a nod to the Joker universe, like, wink, wink, like, like, <laughs> like, there just seems to be a wink and a nod there, and I love that, like, hey, you know, these two aren't, you know, like, pay attention, you know, uh, but, the other DC shit, we don't care, and most people don't. Batman, here's the thing. I think you said this a while ago. Like, you said something on Twitter to me, or I think we were having a phone conversation, right? You said something to the effect of, you know, Batman transcends everybody. Yeah. You know, like, Batman transcends. Like, you know, we don't need that. Batman has so much going on. Like, he doesn't... He do, He's never needed the JLA. Never to be relevant. Never. If anything... Batman has always legitimized the Justice League, and
0: that's a hell of a play. That's a hell yeah, because he because he has a great rogues gallery. Like if that rogues gallery is any less than what it is, no one takes Batman that seriously. And because he has to keep constantly improving, constantly getting better at solving new and different problems, like it's why you're more invested in him. Like Superman, listen, there's only been so many ways you can tell Superman's story. Wonder Woman, there's only so many ways that she can, you know, stop something from happening. Even though she's a little bit smarter than Superman, so she has a bit more tools in her toolbox that hasn't been used yet in terms of film. But it's like after a while, it's like Batman's the only one that has to keep learning things. He's the only one that has to keep learning what's going on, like new technologies, new forensic shit. He's constantly yeah. getting challenged with new and different riddles. In this case, you know that's why I think he has the lasting power. Cause that character is constantly always evolving, and I think that's why I know. I think people had an issue with the people who did have an issue with um, Year Two Batman forgot that this is the Batman we always get. He's always in between eras, like he's always for the most mm. part. Like mm. long runs, this is the Batman you most likely fell in love with. Not everyone starts off reading Long Halloween. Not everyone starts off reading Court of Owls. For most people. Their first Batman comic is an in between era where this guy is just he's in, he's, he's in the in between you're watching him learn and you're trying to catch up with him That's what this movie does right really well. and it's it's a trick it's, it's there's so much David Fincher in this movie because Fincher likes to start his movies like that like you're catching up then we have the seven reference with the Riller in his apartment how he has all these ledgers you know he's done all he's done all this homework and like the real clue is in his apartment and he's got like It looks like a John Doe apartment, you know, almost every shot, like how they're done is a very David Fincher kind of shot. You go back to Zodiac, how they shot Zodiac. That's how the Riddler looks, you know? Yeah. There's a reason why, you know, these things happen this way, you know, and there's a reason why you want to try to catch up with this Batman movie because Mm -hmm. that's how you're always experiencing Batman. He's never really your Batman. He's always in between being whoever he is. And I think that's wow. why the Batman works in a lot of ways. You know, it's just because we're catching him right. Right when we would first read a Batman comic book. And it, kudos to Matt Reese for taking that approach. Because doing year two Batman, from a marketing standpoint, from just how you're taught to think about stories and all that, isn't the year normal people would pick. You either do right the first year or five years in. No one ever does two or three. And he took the gamble. You know, he here's a Bruce who's not ready to be Bruce yet. You know, here's his villains haven't gotten ridiculous yet. They're smart, they're deadly, but they haven't gotten to this level of ridiculousness where the, the traps are super elaborate. You know, granted Heath Ledger's Joker's great, but by time you get to the end of that movie, you're like, all right, this dude's doing a lot. And even with Dark Knight Rises, this dude's doing a lot. At least with this like, anything,
1: right? like, This dude's doing a lot.
0: It's
2: a lot
1: This dude's doing a lot. It's true. No, because it's true. No, that's why it's so funny, though. Yeah. Like, when you look at it like, yo, wait
0: a minute, homie. you doing a lot. You're you like, with ah. a whole lot right now. Like, if I... Like, <laughs> and, for, and listen, for Bale, he didn't have to solve any crimes, so that's why it happened that way. Eh, but, like, if you look at even the ending of this movie, it ends in a catastrophe. You know, it ends, you know, with the Riddler overall winning, but it doesn't feel like Dark Knight Rises where it's like, it's hollow, where it's spectacle. You know, Matt Reeves, you know, knows that this year two Batman is dealing with something that isn't spectacle yet, and this is a perfect pocket for new comic book movies. Catch people on the in between. You don't have to go back and do the origin. You don't have to do the biggest story they've ever done. Catch an in between story. You know, catch a like oh this person's he's somewhat who he is but not there yet, and I think. Yeah. People follow the Matt Reeves formula, it's gonna it's gonna go well for them. He he showed the way, man. He really showed the way.
1: I think so. I, I think so. And and if we're gonna be honest, this is why, you know, I shudder to think about this next wave of the MCU because I don't want you to to show me a, another origin of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I don't want another origin of the X. Like, what are you guys gonna do? And so, if if anyone's looking at that and listening to it, you're saying that in between, like catching up, that's the only way to do it, man. That's the
0: only. That's the. It's the only new interesting The only new way new to history. do it, man. Yeah. You know. And with that being said, let's do a quick roundup of anything we might have missed. Well, it's not necessarily what I might... So one of the things I I do like about Paul Dano is the rat trap he puts on Patrick Savage, who was a character on the old Batman Adam West show. I forgot what character he was, but he was a a person on that show. I think he was another Gotham citizen or something. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. I I, I read that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good
0: catch. His helmet... With the Rats Eating His Face, a reference to 1984, which is a popular book of that kind of sect on the internet. You know what I mean? Just, oh, no, the big brother's watching you, the conspiracy theory angle. Alex Jones probably had a field day with this movie. We talked about the Saw reference. Now, this reference—oh, actually, I want to pull this up, too. So, on one of the um, comments on the Joker social media video is Hold the Line, a reference to, you know, Wall Street bets. You got to hold the line with Game, um, GameStop stock. I thought that was interesting, even though it it paints a picture of not really understanding what Wall Street Bets is about, but I appreciate it. Give me all this, the um, references you can to modern society. <laughs> you know, okay. Di- now, the diner reference. I don't know if you saw this one. There's a reference to where, well, not necessarily a diner, but where the, the Riddler lives. Apparently, he lives on Carruthers Street. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, I know that.
1: Okay. Oh, I know
0: I know the Carruthers reference. Oh, absolutely. Would you like to go into it.
1: Uh, no, go, you go. You got you got it right in front of you. You got the so, actual, you know, but I know about it.
0: So, He's living on Carruthers Street. The Riddler appeared in a legion of superheroes television special. Yes. Yes. It was Crazy. a reunion for um the old Batman, cast, Adam West, Adam West and all that. They had some other superheroes in there. Who else was in there? My memory on it is super spotty. I haven't watched it in years.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it in years, but I know the big deal was because Burt Ward and Adam West showed up. You know what I mean? So they came back and and they played their iconic characters in this absolute farcical production. (laughs) It was terrible, but go ahead. It's like the
0: DC version of the uh, Star Wars Christmas special. It's really what it's like. Okay, so in this special... Solomon Grundy, Weather Wizard, Sinestro, Green Lantern, Giganta, Dr. Dr. Sivana's in that? Black Canary, Hawkman, The Flash, Mordu, Huntress, The Riddler, which is why we're bringing it up. The Riddler lives on Carruthers Street. Who was the executive producer of this special? Bill Carruthers.
2: Ridiculous.
0: And he had a... And he had a bomb.
1: Like, so, yep. like, that whole thing. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: And what's his name came back? Uh, Frank Gorshin. Yep,
0: Frank Gorshin. Came back.
1: Probably the too. most, he came back for it. And everybody really talked about his performance. But like, nah, man, like, he killed. Like, you yeah. know. And and the whole plot was Riddler and his bomb. And Batman, like, where's the bomb? Like, you know, like. And, and, and it was all of that those things. And kind of bringing... Rickler back into the forefront like the character itself man like he was never Like when it after his first debut it it took like 12 or 13 years before they used him again Yeah in the actual comics man. So like he's never just been this 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 super player You know until like the modern era really, you know, so yeah, oh I have one my favorite one when Alfred Right when he got the letter before everything blew up, the Shakespeare bus. Yeah. That's the same Shakespeare bus from uh, Batman 66. So good. Where they open the head up and then push the button for the door to open. And that's how they got to the the pole to get to the Batcave.
0: Exactly. Since we're talking about how good that references Matt Reeves was, I got two things to break down about the technical side of this movie that were really fascinating. Number one, they achieved this look using anamorphic lenses, but what they did was they found the most flawed 70s lenses so it would legit look like the time period. So much to the mm. point where they brought it to the camera company going, oh, we want these lenses. We want you to customize lenses that look like this. They're like, are you kidding me? This is not an 80 or an 85. It's an 88. Like, this is not like typically how you would shoot. And They're like, oh, no, we love these lenses. Like These are the exact flaws we want in the movie shot on the Ari Alexa as well, you Tech Nerds. That's amazing to me. Like, you would actually look for the flawed lenses so you get close to the time. And they found, apparently, the roughest lenses imaginable. Which, <laughs> which is even more interesting because they put those looks into a computer where Matt Reeves, as a second fact, was able to virtual reality be on set. So they would design the sets and put on VR goggles, and he would go move this wall. Yeah, we should change this here. Where can we put the camera here? So he was already on set before he actually being on set through the VR. The future. Mm, that's dope. Batman. Now, I know we spoke about the future of the DCEU. I would humbly like to pitch my next Batman movie in this universe. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting. I want to hear it. What do you got? I want to put this before I do it. I'm not saying this is what they should do. I'm just saying what I would do. To me, this trilogy really has a lot of emotion in it. Unlike any other Batman trilogy we've ever seen. And there's a moment in this movie that I think Robert Pattinson just delivers on every time is when he sees the mayor's son. It's, he not only knows what that kid is going through, he is reliving it through that kid, and now he has a super vested interest in saving this kid. This kid is the first kid he saves at the end um, when the whole stadium is flooded, where he takes out his little, you know, torch and lights the way for people. That mayor's son is the first person he gets to. When I think about what Gotham is now, now it's, you know, in kind of a no man's land state. I think about what happens with power vacuums, whether it's social, whether it's crime. I think that's what the next movie is going to be about. Clearly it's about power vacuums. But what I want out of it is I wanted to touch on the grift of hope and how people play on the idea of hope. If Batman's now deciding I'm going to be a symbol of hope, he should have to now argue his way through that with someone who's providing a false hope through different means. When I think about the grift of mentors and life coaches, I'm reminded of Jordan Peterson, not in a negative way, because I do like some of the stuff he writes in his books, but I do disagree on some other things. But I think about a Jordan Peterson type. This is a dude who uses mythology, the Bible, to make really interesting points about human psychology, and where we are as a society. There's someone else who uses literature to get his point across, and that's one Jarvis Tench. What I want is for this Jarvis Tench to be pitching this idea of Wonderland, what Gotham can be. Gotham's issues are not physical, they're mental. Crime starts in the mind, and if we are to conquer fear, we are to conquer the mind, we're going to need to do some drugs. He, this is a guy who's pro-psychedelic research. He, who A lot of these dudes exist today. People do MDMA treatments, all that now. This is a guy who knows how C, the CIA's MK Ultra operation worked. He's from that long line of scientists who've experimented with psychedelics, learned how to use mind control. And he is literally coming out like he's on the Joe Rogan experience. He's that kind of guy. This guy comes to Gotham with an idea, like we talked about the Riddler. his idea is out there of Gotham. Here's a guy who's building a new idea of what Gotham can be if we just learn to elevate beyond our means. He starts a you know starts as a building it soon becomes a community. This is a guy who's telling people how to live better, you know clean your room, get yourself together, get a job. he's toxic positivity, but what people don't realize is. Just like, you know, with Jim Jones' church, it starts off as a small group and then becomes a religion. So now there's this growing cult going on in Gotham at at their most hopeless. What gets Batman involved is that he's been following the mayor's family, the wife and the son. And these two people fall into that grift of hope. They end up at Wonderland. And Bruce knows he can't go in there as Batman to fight this whole thing head on because he doesn't know anything that's going on. Like There's no way to investigate. There's a really closed knit community. But if they're willing to accept the mayor's son, maybe Bruce Wayne can talk his way into that door. And now Bruce Wayne is spending time with this Wonderland cult. Now, secondary plot going on. Catwoman returns to Gotham to work alongside Jim Gordon because a guy named Black Mass is leaving Bloodhaven to come and take the power vacuum in Gotham. He's coming after the Penguin, so now Catwoman and Jim Gordon have to work together. Now Jim has to figure out how do I work with a second mass vigilante, and they develop a certain relationship that will, I guess, come into play down the line. But we also see him talk to her about their relationship with Batman and vice versa. But they're stuck protecting the penguin, essentially. I want the penguin to be the Mickey Doyle like he was in Boardwalk. He was the funny gangster that just somehow lived all the time. Everyone dies, but Mickey Doyle doesn't until like the last season. But he survived like a good majority of the wildest deaths I've ever seen on Boardwalk. So now while they're investigating that, Bruce has now gotten deeper into this cult. He ends up, being drugged by the Mad Hatter, Jarvis Tench. And he finds out there's this upper echelon part of the cult called the Wonderland Gang. And they are essentially scientists and doctors who specialize in this shit. So they're originally using Bruce to get to his money, but what they start to realize is there's something deeper here. He's hiding a bigger secret. I also kind of want to flash to, like, visions of bruce and like what he's what his what gotham would have been like with his family these psychedelic hallucinations are showing him what life could have been like with his family One of my favorite superman stories is for the man who has everything i and you see like what his life would have been like had Krypton not exploded we've never really seen what bruce's life would be like if his parents never died this would be kind of an interesting way to tap into that and to learn more about bruce and what he feels was taken away from him what he feels has been taken away from this kid that he's been following who's joined this cult. And throughout this time, you're finding out that the Black Mask is actually moving drugs into Gotham. Which is what the Mad Hatter has been using all this time. So they've got to connect. So to stop drugs in Gotham, Gordon and Catwoman have to go after the Wonderland gang as a part of the whole operation. Selina finds Bruce Wayne, doesn't know she's, he's Batman yet. But when she gets him out of his psychedelic trip, he puts on a mask, still a little high, and starts fighting down the hallway. And she realizes, holy shit, this dude's fucking Batman. Because she hasn't really figured out all of the Batman, or they haven't let us know that. So in this situation, she finds out then. After taking down the Wonderland gang, he goes at the black mask, which becomes his whole he's got the penguin somewhere, and now they've got to stop him. To me, I think. Him following that kid into a journey of self-discovery. Because listen, we already know he's got a bit of a thing with substances. At the end of the third act, we see him inject himself with what looks to be venom. He goes nuts. He gets crazy. They have to stop him from being down one of the Riddler's henchmen. So we know already he's not, a, he's not, a, he's not foreign to the idea of performance-enhancing drugs. So it would make more sense for him to be willing to go through the Manhattan's treatment just so he can know what it is. But indirectly, he ends up in a place where, while they're trying to scheme stuff out of him, he's actually finding a level of acceptance. at this Gotham night I imagine will never be. And I have to let that go. It's what he's dealing with at the end of this movie. And I think to visually show it would be really dope. And I think just having a Matt Hatter who hasn't been used before in this era where psychedelics are more and more of a conversation, you get around the technology angle that's always been a little goofy. Black Mask to me, I like Black Mask. Never really saw him as a major dude. I like using him as a guy who's going after Penguin because I like the idea of Penguin being so scared he has to turn to Catwoman and Gordon. And I think Black Mask has the physicality where you would actually fear if he got his hands on Penguin. So, you're, it and it juxtaposes the Mad Hatter and um, Black Mask very well. But I think it's all about that. I think Bruce is now deeply processing a lot of things in the second year, and I guess third year of this movie. He's processing the real psychological questions we've never watched him do before. And I kind of want to see a sequel that keeps going there. And using the mayor's son, I think, is a fair way to get him to do that. That would be my sequel.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm going to tell you that I, after listening to that, I now see our fundamental differences mm-hmm. as creators, <laughs> right? <laughs> I see our fundamental differences, and that I am, and I and I don't have any problem with this, right? That I am, I I lean more towards a corporate thinking, like, yeah. okay, what what's going to make money? Yeah right? Like what, you know, you are very creative. That is very creative. That's like everyone's going to love that and I'm going to tell you something that script is going to circulate all over the industry and it won't be picked up but you know what's going to happen to it? That script, they're going to um, nibble off of ideas off that script from the for the, the next cartoon for the next um, you know show like Nightwing and they're going to use the black mask stuff. They're going to use the test. stuff. Like it's going, I can't remember but there was a script that was like that. Yeah. Where Hollywood was like, Oh, they didn't take it. They, but they use so many elements off of it. Right. Like yeah. I, I want to say the last thing I know that kind of happened to was, uh, the Magneto. Yeah. Um, one shot film. Yeah. I know that happened with that, that they just kind of cherry picked a bunch of stuff off of it. Right. Yeah. So, um, I definitely love, like, moving forward. I would, I would say what my sequel would be. Mm-hmm. I, w- I kind of like what you did with the test part. And I would add him to it, but he's the guy behind Drops. Gotcha. And we're going to see, right, what, like, look at, like, his vision, like, with uh, the DA, yeah. like, how he was viewing stuff when he had the Drops, oh, right, yeah, yeah, the That drop uh, the Drops, right? So, I'm going to push that part. Mm-hmm. right like there was some again here stage three now like we've already put that out we did, yeah. we got that so now we're going to get the citizens you know all acted up so i was actually thinking about the drug as- aspect right yeah. so now i just didn't know who was going to do it but boom cash the drops he he has this thing who's funding it like we're looking like who the fuck is funding yeah. these guys like where are they getting this money because again that's still a part of it yeah.
0: Right? They're part of the so, conspiracy.
1: It's part of the conspiracy moving forward, right? And the and the fun. Right? Like, wait, so is the fun still there I'm siphoning this? Like, yeah. is it wait, and so the thing is that I wanna have a guy, right, rise up and so my story will take place boom, right after, right? Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you right off the top, it is an amalgamation of Court of Owls, but the story is truthfully uh, after No Man's Land.
0: Gotcha.
1: Right? And the rebuild of Gotham. Yeah. Right? And so, like, the Lex Luthor type of my story that's going to come in and infuse all this money and all of this problem, and it's going to turn Gotham into this city, you know, like, oh, shoot, it's actually going to be the character from the Court of Owls.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? It's going to be him, but I'm going to, you know, Um, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm going to put it in that context, but I'm actually going to use the Luther model from the No Man's Land uh, after story, right? Yeah. And so then, but there, the, the background is like, he doesn't see anything going on with that. That's just kind of like happening, yeah. With this drops and everybody's on this drug and like, try to figure out who's moving it in, where's it coming from? And you know, like that's happening and that he doesn't see, you know, kind of like what Alfred said, like, dude, you guys do stuff as Bruce too. Yeah. Like, and this stuff is happening underneath his nose as Bruce. And like, he's like, this guy is like, oh, hey, Bruce. And like, maybe he even knows him. Like, you know, kind of the Court of Owls kind of thing, right? And so, again, like juxtaposing uh, the Riddler and being an orphan. And then this guy, because we find, I don't want to spoil anything for people out there who haven't read Court of Owls. Yeah, but absolutely. again, another, yeah. yeah, another mm-hmm. mirror. Yeah, read it. Another mirror of bruce because that's what a lot of this stuff is like yeah. he's making these people in his image bruce is god yeah. so of this world so i think that's what i would do i would have that like the, the the black mare chick i think she comes up with the illness i think you know like somebody gives her drops and they get her out of there like oh she's yeah. a drug addict you know like yeah. what like and, and and he's like wait wait what's going on and it led him to that and he's like oh shoot this whole time, this is all connected. Again, yeah. kind of not seeing the pieces and the clues, yeah. and 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 then pushing. You know, eyes is still there. Like he thinks he's the party. Like, nah, I had the claim. Like, yeah. and you know, he's like, fuck, I'm always wrong with this guy.
2: Yeah,
1: you know. And so, um, and then just furthering that, I think um, but we need some. We need another action set piece like yeah. the chase. Uh, we need a, a a big thing of that, and I clearly can see like um, kind of like the raid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And of the of the chemical place that 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 might be a whole organization that's actually manufacturing it. Yeah. You know, and where Tess works and where he's developing it, yeah. and like he's Batman going into this building and multiple uh, layers of hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? These guys are in there protecting their assets and yeah. just like, kind of like even uh, the daredevil scene going into yeah. that building.
2: Definitely.
1: And was, and yeah. like, yeah. And so we see that like, yo, holy shit. And another thing that I think we missed when we talked about the references, a lot of people got that wrong when they were like, oh, he's biting off a of daredevil, right? With the red yeah. that they did originally. That's actually uh dark victory. Yeah if people go back and look at those covers and like the red and that's then so the, good. uh, gray scale. Oh, so it was amazing. That's what they were doing. That was an homage to dark victory again, year one. So that's what, that's what I would do. My big set action set piece for that film would I would clearly steal from the raid. And I think Warner brothers, don't they have the raid? Isn't that there should be, I think there. it's there. Yeah, I think it's theirs. and so that would be my thing. Uh, maybe Selena comes back. Uh, I, you, you know, I think I kind of want to freshen it up. The, the only like returning person that I would want to see is definitely Oz.
0: Yeah,
1: I definitely want to see Oz back. Um, I don't want to see Riddler. I don't want to see yeah, Joker see at, all. See at all.
0: I don't want to see them either. I
1: don't want to see. I don't want to see either of them.
0: I've got this part in the Wonderland gang. There is a Solomon Grundy there but he's like a big dude that just mm. says born on a Tuesday because he's affected by the narcotics.
1: Ooh, okay. Well,
0: I'm still in that
1: for my, I'm going to put that in, in have, my corporate. You can have that.
0: You can have that for the
1: I'm going to put that. I'm going to put that. Like, he's going to be like, I might replace, like, so maybe even the twins have been promoted or they're, you know, and that, yeah. And so now they're the, the new guy at Oz's spot, is this slow, dim-witted guy Solomon. Mm, you know what I mean? I like that. And, ah, to introduce, ooh, mm, mm me like it. Man. Me like you. I'm taking that. I'm taking that for my corporate people. I
0: like it. Working the way corporations do. That's what we do. Yes! Here. Yes! <laughs> well, Ray, we've thoroughly have gone through the Batman. And our feelings, and our thoughts. Is there anything you can imagine they didn't get to?
1: No, nothing. Uh, I mean, you know, like, just, I, I love feeling the, you know, I'm gonna always keep saying it, like, the the, the chase scene. Uh I didn't mention that it was very French Connection. Like, as soon as I'm watching, I said, yeah. oh, this is French Connection, That's all day. And, and just the homages to that period from the late 60s, 70s, counterculture, uh, film, uh, you know, and not it's not a resurgence. It just that's they created it. You know, uh, yeah. first connection, Chinatown. Oh, it yeah, was listen it. The, the 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 nose, uh, his nose being broken and his nose being yeah. covered, and the film. Faith Hall, that was Catwoman, was Faye Dunaway's character. Yeah. Um, I definitely have an, a line there, uh, and this this guy who's a confident detective. But he just doesn't know what's all going on. If you really if you go and watch French Connect, not French Connect, if you go and watch Chinatown right now, yeah. you'll go, Ah, okay, this is yeah. this is year two Batman. Definitely. This is this is him right now. And That's so all of those references. And then wait a minute, and then you even said another one. One of the bigger films of that era outside of the Exorcist, Monfreyer, The Godfather. Yeah. It really was listen, it was a clear, probably the Best homage. It wasn't that that uh, nostalgia porn that uh, Tarantino turned in. Yeah. that was once upon a time in Hollywood. Like yeah. that was nostalgia porn. This this wasn't that. This was respectful, tasteful, and and also very delicate and subtle homages. Yeah, you know. So that that's it for me, man. Uh, it's a brilliant brilliant film. Masterstroke in cinematography, uh, directing, writing. Uh, and and even casting because again, like Jeffrey nailed it. Like Je- Jeffrey nailed it. And I even I want to say this too, real quick. The uh, Pattinson yes, his his frame. It makes more sense that he should be look more like a middleweight. Yeah. Now you know what I mean, like smaller, faster. You know, like because middleweight can hit you more. Yeah. Those guys and they can knock you out now. Like like everybody talks about heavyweights. A middleweight can knock you out, and they have greater endurance. You know, kind of like uh, when we saw uh, Adrian Brody when he did the the Predator, yeah. the Predator. Oh yeah, and how he ha- looks good. That's good. Like he was wiry, and that's a, that's a special forces guy. Yeah. Not these big, bulky, Schwarzenegger types. Those those are not special forces guys. Yeah. That's a lie. That's a myth. You know what I mean? Like that. Unless you're a gunner, you're a tank gunner. Like you you know, there's there's certain purposes for those guys. Well, you, but the guys in the field, spook. I do know. And we'll we'll end it there. Uh, the conversation's over for me because there's too many allusions to me being uh, a government uh, agent. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here. I'm With done. That being All said, right.
0: said, shout out to Ray, who's in the field. Uh, thank you for coming through. I know it's hard in Ukraine right now, even though you're not there. Thank you for showing up, but I think my you, pleasure. Oh, oh think oh, you're such a such a patriot. You <laughs> know, you're not overseas at all. And you're just at home. Mm-mm. But I think we both know how this is
2: gonna end.